Kaizen, I will be your host on this tour through the Elite Dangerous Galaxy. How are you? Man, if you're flying spaceships and drinking, life is good. My XO, the raging Canadian, is here with us tonight. Good evening, everyone. Happy Friday. Glad you're here with us. I think we're going to have a great show. Hells yes. And the tactical officer, my main man, Tweet74. Say hello to the beautiful people. Friday night once again. I missed you crazy folk last week. I'm glad to be back with you tonight. Let's get to it. Yes, yes. And our special guest tonight, the tinfoil hat 
champion, Commander Mattias. Say hi to the beautiful people, Mattias. Hello, everyone. Nice to speak to you today. In the Tech Monkey booth, we have, for the first time, we've got Swordsmith. So we have multiple producers now for the show. So we have, just as a heads up, we've got our executive producer, Wolf Dragon. For this episode, our on-air producer is Swordsmith. Our graphics producer is Controladon. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I just switch the names every week, depending on who's doing the on-air producing, because they both work together on doing the graphics. If you notice, every week now, we've got like new pictures, new videos, new stuff. We're trying to like step it up a notch and make it good for you guys. We, I think we've got a pretty good show planned for you today. we got a lot of stuff to get to, so... We're going to just go ahead and jump right in. I also want to shout out our podcast editor, Monohive, who is very, very good people. And I think doing a good job for you people, like he's introducing this thing where they like cut out all of the, you know how sometimes you talk and then you wait for the other person to talk and there's like a fucking four second delay. He's cutting that out and like, like. He's got some program that does it. He's adding sound effects to our stuff. And we have our, our new Roy stories today is going to be awesome with like a cast of audio players. We have a whole troop now and we've got sound effects. And like, I want to say a huge, really, really heartfelt thank you to all of the people who are, you know, doing a good job of trying to like kick this up a notch, trying to make this a little bit better for you guys our cover art today this very cool picture i call it engage because it feels like it's like just at the moment of like jumping to hyperspace so i went with an old card kind of a thing right off the bat let's uh acknowledge our opening song something ain't right uh by Masigo featuring J.I.D. and rhapsody for a lot of you guys especially the english people it might be like "Ooh, this is a little different don't worry, we've got something weird. We zig in the opening song. We're going to zag in the closing song and take you a little bit country. And you're going to be like, this is weird too. But our closing song is, what do you believe in? Weed, Willie, and whiskey. Because I don't believe in all that much else at this point. Um, yeah, man. There is sort of a lot of stuff coming up with this. You know, we've got... Next week, uh, we'll choose a winner for the uh, comments contest. So every month, we pull one person from the comment section of any of the videos for that month. So this is the end of the month. So comment on any of the Elite Week videos for the month of February. And we're going to randomly pull before the next episode one commenter. And that person is going to win an Expedition Artemis album. So get in on that. You can comment on any of them. So if you want to, you know, increase your chances of winning, go and comment on all of them. Also, Elite is on Xbox Game Pass. So you can get it for free or like a dollar. I don't know how that Game Pass works, but like you can get it for really cheap right now. And we expect a lot of new people to be joining Elite. So hopefully there'll be a lot of new players coming to the game and that'll be great. Just a little surprise hint. Elite Week, we are working on a very special edition that we're adding to our Discord that will be up this week. That is a special thing for new players. It's not just one guide. It is a guide that encompasses many other guides so that you can go through a, a list of steps and come out on the other end, hopefully fully prepared to like, take on the challenges of this game. This game has a very steep wall learning curve and it is legitimately something that like we want to help people bring them along. 
Mattias, I see you already have a dot in the thing. Go ahead, Mattias, and then Roy. Uh, in regards to Game Pass, um, it's a very, very smart decision if you actually get that. Not only do you get Elite Dangerous, you get uh, the Master Chief Collection, which I've been burning through recent, reliving my youth. Um, you get many other games, including Resident Evil. It's a fantastic deal. And they've got a deal as well at the moment, which is £1 uh, for three months in the UK. And you get um, Xbox Live with that as well. So it's fantastic. That's great. Roy? Uh, actually, I was going to mention we're getting some interesting chat here of uh, folks offering to help with different things. I was going to suggest we just tell people to join us in the Discord. And uh, if they've got skills they think could help us with the show and they want to be a part of the Discord and what we're doing, it's uh, we're always open to talk to people. Absolutely. Coming up in just a second, we're going to do the plug section, which has the Discord listing. Join us in the Elite Week Discord and for sure hit me up and and offer to uh get involved in that and we're we're happy to put you to work we accept all free labor uh other than like not like the scumbags though we're not gonna put you on a on a on a a fleet carrier and make you mine so yeah uh so also we've got some forum shenanigans to talk about and a big galactic summons. And what you may not have noticed has changed in the CG overnight. All this and more, so stay tuned. If you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and visuals, check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Elite Week and on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Elite Week. If you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch and would like to know how to catch us on our podcast, check out anchor.fm forward slash Elite Week. For sending us your thoughts by email, you can reach us at EliteWeek3306 at gmail.com. Our very active and growing Elite Week Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash Elite Week Discord, where you can check out or contribute to community feedback, resources on turning the wheel, and real-time updates about Elite from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in our YouTube comments anything about the topic of the week, as well as anything else you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're enjoying the show on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. On Twitch, a follow would be much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, feel free to follow at EliteWeek3306 for news and information about Elite Dangerous and cool sci-fi and space news. We record live on YouTube every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 1 a.m. UTC, so come and join in on the fun. If you're listening to us on the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And let us know if there's a format you want us to look into. We don't do Patreon, so save your money and just tell your friends about the show. So, let's start right off the bat with our guest, Mattias. We have uh, your YouTube link in the Discord, which is literally just www.youtube.com forward slash Mattius, M-A-T-T-I-U-S. But uh, I want to take a second to just go over your last couple of YouTube videos that have been out. Just today, you posted The Alien Temple, which there will be a link in the Discord. That shit is legit. You have this specific site where people can go and hear the logs of this crazy alien temple and the guy that's there searching it and then like, oh no, we turned something on. People are here and shit's gone sideways. And tell us a little bit about that one. Um, So basically, um, it's exploring a longstanding theme that I've got going on the channel. So first of all, 
um, I'd just like to confirm that most of the things that I actually talk about is, is speculation and it says as such in the videos and the, in the description as well. So it's not confirmed ultimate law, but it's taking confirmed law and adding speculation. It's kind of like a, a wish list to Frontier Developments because I really want them to add a, like a third race, more dramatic events, etc. So basically the video is exploring a law site called Site 94, uh, which a group of miners found an alien temple underground. Um, and after activating the Fargoids attacked it, uh, there's a whole, whole series of transcribing events after that. Um, so then they elaborate on that and add speculation. Mm and my own personal opinion, opinion <laughs> so yeah that's what i do they flipped the switch and uh something showed up that they weren't ready to deal with huh yeah pretty much um i'm thinking more inclined to think it's actually a guardian relic but i do hope for something else i do hope that they do add more things within the game come odyssey and beyond stay tuned to see what is it that we found so we found the, the hargoids we found the guardians we know the guardians some of which fucked off to like the religious sect some of them left some of them uploaded themselves a lot of them got killed by their own ai and uh yeah it's like whoa in the meantime though there's also another thing that was found on mars that was some other alien that wasn't thargoid or guardian the next video we have from you is the Raxla theories, the dark loop. And this one was very, very cool. Like some people have said, oh, well, you know, Kai is trying to force Frontier to do something with Raxla or whatever. And like, I'm, I'm really not. I'm just trying to like test stuff and see what happens with the whole turning the wheel initiative. You have an interesting theory that you talk about in this video, the dark loop, where you say like, I don't think. Raxla is even a thing that is like accessible right now. It's a future content thing. And in this video, you talk about maybe in the future, there will be some storyline where in which space we're able to find a thing and access a thing and do a thing and see some stuff that deals with Raxla. Why don't you talk about that one a little bit? So um, the Raxla theory series is a set of independent theories. So it explores different themes. Originally, when I started my YouTube YouTube channel. I read a lot of the Raxlar mega thread and went through that and many different theories and spent many a sleepless night reading those. Absolutely fascinating stuff. And yeah, again, it was contradictory, a lot of the theories, but this particular one, um, the Dark Loop, is exploring uh, a time traveling theme. So uh, it's probably better to just say watch the actual video, um, but it's, it's, yeah, the, the whole series is, is my po most popular stuff. Well, why don't you talk a little bit about this particular video, like this theory about what what it could be? Um, so in that particular one, the dark loop, it's about a time loop. So it discusses within the Dark Wheel novel um, in regards to time travel. So uh, the Ryder family mention it about you might end up in um, the Jurassic period, etc. So I just expand on that and say, well, what, what would happen if a colony ship in the early days of hyperspace would go through back into the past and then explore um, possible meanings to them going back into the past and then um, going forward into to the future and then passing on the dark wheel um sort of code of honor um and then yeah basically it's it's that we'll have to see how it plays out it's it that's a theory that's a valid possibility all right so there you go you've got the alien temple and the dark loop uh raxla theories so those are some stuff that you should check out as well as the rest of the 
the whole uh, you know channel of Matt Ace's videos. Next up, we've got the Dark Wheel update. It's the Dark Wheel update. The Dark Wheel update. We're two and zero in our war against Bernard Star Advance Corp in Ross One Five Four to take ownership. So that means tomorrow, which is Saturday, will be three and zero. The next day, which is Sunday, will be 4-0. We'll win the war at a four-day sweep. Monday will be the first day that we'll start climbing for the dark wheel in Ross 154. It should take us about seven to ten days to completely, ex you know, we will have ownership already, but it'll take us seven to ten days to go pending expansion, at which point it's a 12-day, you got to wait cycle. So 22 days, roughly, at the most from now, we will be in the new system and we will sort of check where we're going as far as expanding. Do we land in Seoul? What happens if we do? Do we not land in Seoul? Do we land somewhere else? What happens if we do? Is there new missions available for the Dark Wheel? Is there anything new? This is a test to see all of the possible things that could happen. So there are several outcomes. Maybe we land in Seoul. That would be great. Maybe we don't land in Seoul, but new missions come up for the Dark Wheel. That would be great. Maybe we don't land in Seoul, but another thing happens, whether it's a, a point of interest or a something becomes unlocked, that would be great. We would just test any possibility. After that, the next possibility is if nothing happens at all, we've checked it off the list. Now we move on to the next possibility or the next thing, which is to test the LFT 509 side. And just between you and me, okay, I know people are excited for Seoul. Me personally, I think LFT 509 is the one to be excited for. I think that's the one where something could happen. So fingers crossed. I just want to also say to everyone, I want to give a huge shout out to the Black Sky Legion BSL1 on PC. Come join us. That is the official squadron of the Black Sky Legion. Come join us and we can have fun testing this whole Raxla mystery. In addition to that, we have plans for after this. So come join us if you're on PC and you looking for fun people to hang out with. After that, we've got next up, we've got Cree Cree TV. Now that's K-R-E-E-K-R-E-E-T-V. This is this cool, funky Australian chick who does this like breakdown of different things about Elite Dangerous. She's a streamer. She's not new. She's been going for a while, but she's new to me. And she does these very cool videos of stuff and guides Galnet breakdowns where she reads the Galnet article and then adds her own personal commentary on things that she's noticed in the history of the game. And that's very cool. You know, so color commentary. In addition, she does guides on various subjects. She did one like things you need to know about elite and like these are the podcasts that are out for elite and these are the different things that are going on with elite and i just i thought man this is cool i want to share this with people i want to help grow her audience because people should be checking this out so go check it out which takes us to frontier news for news beyond the game it's frontier news so first up with Frontier News, we have the fact that there's uh, under maintenance, PlayStation Horizons access got a tentative fix. It seems like this is working legit. Uh, basically, since early January, so for like two months, about a third of all PlayStation players have been unable to access Horizons, despite the fact that on October 27th, it was baked into the base game 
There's a lot of people that couldn't land on planets, couldn't drive SRVs, couldn't even, I guess, do engineer stuff if they were locked out of Horizons content. But from the post where Frontier said, hey, this is fixed, I looked through the Twitter responses and there was a bunch of people that were like, hey, it's fixed. Hey, it worked. Well, this took too long, but man, it's worked now and I'm happy. So big salute. That seems like that problem that has been going on for several months now is fixed. If you are a PlayStation player who is still having that problem, open a ticket immediately and let Frontier know because, you know, yeah, they, they need to know. In addition to that, you know, there's been some other things that have sort of been going on with regard to on the PC. I've been having all kinds of issues and I know other people have too. In Discord, it's been constant. So like, for example, last Sunday on an extended play period, I got kicked out of the game five separate times. I had to like close out and reload the game because it just kicked me out. And that's not normal. Normal Elite has been fairly steady. And it, it used to be I would get kicked out of the game maybe once a week with some weird thing that would happen. Now, if you're talking about five times in one day, that is a massive, massive level of problem as far as like an increase in instability or whatever. Uh, and a lot of people seem to be having this. Um, I wanted to hop in real quick and ask, like, Roy, have you been, you're on PC as well. Have you been feeling the same thing or what, what's been going on with you? Yeah, I've had um, definitely in the last couple of weeks, uh, some odd things, um, uh, more dropouts than normal. I've, I've had a couple just, if, the other thing is, is I've had it stutter. I've never had the game sort of stutter and pause and keep mm. going before. Um, that's happened in the last few days even. Um, but more more frequent, just um, a lot more connectivity issues, I'd say, over the last three weeks. And tweaked on, on Xbox. I know a couple of weeks ago you were having an issue where, like, for multiple days you guys just lost all your squadrons and then whoop, it was back. Like, what all is going on with you guys? Uh, the last week on Xbox, for me at least, on the Xbox Series X, it's been smooth sailing. I've had no disconnects. I've had no stuttering. Graphics have been great. Gameplay's been fine. Winging up. No mm. issues with that. No problems at all. Have you been having other people, because you guys have a fairly decent sized Xbox squadron, are you hearing from other people that they're having similarly sort of good, good level of connectivity and whatnot, or are they having issues? I've heard zero issues on from anybody in Opix or any other of the discords I'm in. That nobody's been complaining about disconnects or anything the last week or so. And Mattias, are you on xbox or playstation or pc uh, i'm on pc the only issue i've, I've actually uh, encountered the past month or so <laughs> is ground sites um basically when i land at ground sites i get frame rate issues etc something mm. which i've never never used to get so i presume that that's due to the changes that they may be implementing but apart from that yeah it's okay playstation seems to be doing better xbox seems to be doing better pc i think is having some serious sort of issues with uh stutter and frame rate and kickouts depending on who and what and where but this is drawing pains this is okay this is a thing that happens and so long as they deal with it i don't see this as being a huge huge problem uh not being able to access landing on planets that is a huge fucking problem and uh it seems like frontier have done a decent job of fixing that this week so huge salute to them right on the elite dangerous store there's now an option for cosmetic suit customization. Has anybody else noticed that just yet? 
I, I haven't yeah. been in game in the last two days, so I haven't been able to check there. I linked that picture. It happened just this week where for the first time under the Arc Store, under the all the different possible things you can click, where like, oh, I want to update my you know paint shop or update my ship kit or update my fleet carrier or update my Kovas. There's a new thing where it's like, update my outfit it's still empty it doesn't it doesn't give you options yet but they added the category and it's like oh okay is this permanent is this gonna disappear in a day and then it's like oh it's gone because like it's they well we'll drag it behind closed doors and tweak it or whatever but i just want to make sure that i let people know like hey that's something to keep an eye on in addition to that we've got uh sales we've got the spring sale tweet uh they tweeted saying like the spring sale is on 25% on some of the cosmetics until March 5th. So there's a link in the show notes. Go check it out. If you're interested, go buy cosmetics. In addition, this is the huge one that I've been waiting to ask Tweak about. We've got Elite on the Xbox Game Pass. Tweak, hop in on this. Yes, sir. Game Pass. It's, it's actually, Game Pass is one of the better values in video gaming, in my opinion, because the last, about six months ago or so, they combined it with your Xbox Live Gold service. So now it pays for your online access. Plus you get, for like 15 bucks a month, I think it is, that you get the online access, plus you get free access to over 100 games. It's basically like a downloadable service. You just basically click the Game Pass button and there's a hundred plus games sitting there. You download it to your Xbox and you play it to your heart's content. And now Elite Dangerous is among them. Right on. So theoretically, this is going to lead to it. Not a lot more new Elite players. You know, people try it. Oh, it's I like this. I'm going to stick with it. Frontier, I think, has been... How do I say this diplomatically? They have been doing a fantastic job of reaching out to new players lately between the Epic Store and the, the, the Game Pass and all of these things. Maybe they've been doing a less optimal job of keeping their older players happy. I guess the whole thing is a, a weird balancing act and they're doing what they think is right and what's best for the most new players to the game. And hopefully they're also paying some attention to how we can keep those new players happy as existing players and grow the fan base altogether. So there were two streams this week, obviously. The Tuesday stream and the Thursday stream, just like every week. The Tuesday stream was Super Cruise News number 24 with community manager Zach and community manager Art. There was a lot of things mentioned potential things of interest in this stream. First off, there's a new narrative event being worked on, and Art said the third phase just received sign-off today, but he gave no date on when that was going to happen. But a new story event, similar to the Adamaster or whatever, is maybe potentially coming in the future. Then there was another thing. Art claims that he is playing the pre-pre-pre-alpha branch off of a trunk of odyssey to capture footage for an upcoming information release of some kind maybe a trailer or something there was no disclosed time of release no definitive subject but later he made a loose reference to a something involving heist gameplay which may or may not be part of that whatever that was in addition dev diary 4 was was asked about and he said yes we're working on it, 
That was it. Now, maybe this is the same thing that he was referencing above, where he was talking about that he got footage and stuff was happening. We don't know. It was very, 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 very vague. We have no clue whether there's two separate things that are coming, one of which is some video about some captured asset. Another is Dev Diary. And it could be, uh, theoretically, even a third if Heist gameplay was different. Or maybe Heist gameplay is the thing he was capturing for Dev Diary 4, and it's only one thing that he's talking about. We honestly have no clue because he was that vague with it. In addition to that, there was reference for a current plan right now. As of now, the plan is to release something. We don't know if it's the Dev Diary thing or the Heist thing or the Captured Asset thing or if all of those three things are one thing or if they're two things or whatever. But there is a current tentative plan of releasing something in March. Everything that was said was so fucking vague. We have no clue what it's... It literally, Burr put out a video and Obsidian Ant put out a video and they said the opposite things. Burr said, oh, there's two things coming. One is a video of some heist footage and the other is a dev diary. And I forget which one, but he was like, A is coming in March and B is who knows. And Obsidian Ant said, there's a heist video and a dev diary and B is coming in March and A is coming who knows. Literally, the people on the inside don't have a clue what the answer is because it's that vague. In addition to that, when asked about player death, uh, he indicated again that they haven't figured it out yet and that they may or may not have it figured out by the beta. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about that. The biggest thing that seemed to come out of that live stream on Tuesday that everyone seems to be talking about, to me, completely inexplicably, was the fact that uh, the spaceports in Odyssey have toilets. Okay. For the record, there was no talking about them being functional. Just They're just set dressing. I, I Please, God, I pray that they're not functional. I hope that Odyssey isn't including, you know, oh, you haven't shown us scavenger. You haven't shown us hacking. You haven't shown us botany. But we're going to, you know, hit F1 to poop and F2 to pee. Like, what? Please, God, let that just be set dressing. Do not waste developer time on poop mechanics. For the love of Christ. They were asked about suspending BGS for Odyssey settlements until consoles get accessed. And Art advised that that's just not going to happen. This is along with the last week they advised that there's going to be no suspension on the first footfalls. If you take these in conjunction, it seems to indicate that there's no concession whatsoever to console players on any of the Odyssey delay issues. It's just a matter of, hey, we're sorry. PC is going to release whenever you believe they're going to release it. And Odyssey is going to come at some delayed time after that. And it just is what it is, which I appreciate them at least being honest now about that. Art said that he's been to Pomesh system and he confirms that the planet's surface has changed. It doesn't have the crazy ridges that it had before, but he assured that there are still some ridges and that everything looks amazing with the new updated planet tech. When asked about weather effects in Odyssey, Art confirmed that there are some wind and dust effects, but there's not weather per se. There's no clouds or tornadoes or storms, etc. No auroras. There's only one light source per star system and no answer at all on the whole thing that they said they were going to get answers on. You know, are there shadows from the rings uh, or sky colors other than blue? It's, you know... We'll get back to you. So that covers the whole sky colors and yada, yada, yada. There was one major point that was raised. Elite Dangerous Horizon Commanders and Elite Dangerous Odyssey Commanders will not be instanced together due to 
Peggy ratings in that Elite Dangerous Horizons is ages seven and up. Elite Dangerous Odyssey is higher. This is due to Elite Dangerous Odyssey FPS violent content. Like you apparently, you know, you can't show, which makes sense. You can't show shooting somebody in the head to a seven-year-old. So like this is Peggy is the whatever they'd use in Europe is their basically their version of the ESRB where it's like, hey, little kids can't see this. It's not disclosed to us at this time if this will only affect when you're landed on a planet or if because like right now, let me not not right now. Before October 27th, when there were people that were logged into the, the Horizon version of the game, it was a situation where you know, you had to log in from the base game into Horizons or not Horizons. So if you were not logged into Horizons content, you would be completely segregated the whole time. We don't know if that's the case. Maybe what they're saying here is they're only going to split the instances when you land on a planet, because obviously when you're flying around in your ship in the galaxy and you're not in an instance where you're landing on a planet, nobody can shoot each other in the face. So you don't have to worry about little kids. Maybe the way they do what they do is a situation where it's like, hey, man, we're just separating you guys out 100% of the time because reasons. That's how we have our shit set up. We don't know. We've asked and Art said he'd get an answer back to that and he hasn't answered yet. So at some point, hopefully they will answer us and we'll we'll know what what what's up with that um so that's the stream from tuesday and later on we're going to have discussion content where we talk about that whole deal on how to handle that but in the meantime i know that tweaked has a question or a point so go ahead tweet yeah a couple things in there uh the heist he, he even said when he was talking about the heist that he was playing that he could talk about it because it was already talked about which leads me to believe it's simply the mission they talked about way 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 back it feels like now where they're stealing a power generator from a settlement that was yeah that was on december 10th dev diary 3 sphere of combat where in the process of combat they did mention one thing of you know hey that could be a thing that happens yep and on the bgs yeah. point i was actually the one that asked the question in the, in the chat in the during that live stream and i'm very happy and thank you art if you're listening to this for answering that question that has been a question since you delayed it and nobody has bothered to answer it for me uh, not the answer i wanted but at least i'm i have an answer and i can go forward with my plans now now instead of wondering i can Try to solidify our BGS, make it as strong as possible before Odyssey drops for anybody and let the dice roll. So just wanted to add that out. It is what it is. So us console guys, commanders, we're just going to have to buckle up and go for the ride. Yeah, man. And I appreciate that as well. Again, let me just say, when you have bad news to tell, tell it to us honestly. Because it's better than saying, oh, we don't know. We'll look into it. Yeah, you know. Come on. Don't treat us like fucking children. You know. So like, yes, tell us the bad news and then we can make arrangements, whatever. So uh, on those lines, I want to take a moment right now. I was going to mention this up front and then I just forgot. Um, I'm going to change. I'm going to drop what I was doing before where I was just lowering the rating by one every week for the state of the game. I just want to say right now, it's been months since they announced the delay. They announced the delay right at the beginning of January. We're now at the end of February. We're, uh, you know, a week away from March. It's been basically like two months that we've had this sort of new reality. Whatever wall that they hit, they came clean to at least say, there's going to be a delay. We're not getting it. Quarter one, 2021. It's not going to come time sometime after. I honestly believe that it's not coming 
by end of May. I believe that it's going to be delayed yet again. But Roy was talking to me and was telling me some feedback from some people who were basically telling him, like, maybe do it up front, sort of like the way you guys used to do the pulse wave analyzer so it doesn't end the show on a sour note. I definitely want to sort of acknowledge that so this week i'm not doing that anymore i'm gonna just we're resetting we're gonna go with the new reality we're going to give it i'm gonna give it my state of the game based on other things this is an amazing game with a lot of cool shit to do and i definitely don't want to leave you guys on a sour note so we're we're not i'm not gonna drop my state of the game down to one and leave it there for forever until they fucking give us some real answers. We're just going to acknowledge that, you know, we're still waiting on real answers, but the game is the game. Find your joy where you can. Next up was the Thursday stream. It was Art streaming from home on Xbox. And for the record, there were references. Art was basically doing the same shtick that he's been doing for the last several episodes of like, oh, I'm going to get in so much trouble for telling you guys this super secret behind the curtains thing. And then he says a vague comment that is not in any way useful and then goes like, oh, I'm going to get in so much trouble. That's just kind of gross. That's depressing. That's along the lines of like your dad walks in with a baseball hat on backwards and goes like, yo, 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 boy, we got the hippity hop music it's like oh fucking come on dude you're embarrassing yourself don't don't do that just just don't i mean he was playing on his couch and chilling out on the xbox at home and you know hanging out with uh fucking whoever what was that guy he was hanging out with uh oh crap i'm blanking on the name right now he was hanging out with a content creator and they were basically flying around and like you know doing a little bounty hunting it's like okay just 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 do that just do that. Don't do not do the other thing. So there wasn't really any big news in that stream worth mentioning. Forum post-wise, things get interesting here. The same cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs commander who's been talking shit on the Dark Wheel Project and me personally for weeks on the Xbox chat at different CGs and whatnot. People have been sending me pictures like, there's this panda, gray panda something... He's saying this and they keep sending me screenshots of like random shit that he says where it's like, we must stop the cure tyranny of Kaizen and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? Uh, okay, whatever, dude. I mean, I really wish I knew your weed guy because like your shit seems to be on point. You're like on another fucking planet. But like, all right, whatever. This guy opened up a thread on the forums, on the official forums, in which uh, in the original post, he names me like a dozen times. Uh, he has since edited my name out of the original post because I think like everybody told him like, dude, what are you doing? He said I was like a frontier plant that I come like a frontier employee. And it's like, okay, you clearly know me very well because yeah, frontier loves everything I have to say. And then he says like, oh, we've got some inside information and then we're doing some shenanigans or something. So at one point he said I was like a corrupt dictator and the most powerful commander in the galaxy who will rule over Earth with an iron fist. And it's like, again, like, dude, I wish I knew your fucking weed guy. Cause like, so here, just a couple of things. Let me just point out some shit. Number one, I don't own the Dark Wheel faction. The Dark Wheel faction is a non-player faction. It's owned by Frontier. They control it. I have no more control over the Dark Wheel faction according to the game, in-game lore or whatever. I have no more control over that than he does or any of the panel of guests on tonight do. Also, spoiler alert, if, and it's a low percentage chance, it is a very low percentage chance that the Dark Wheel moves into the soul system. It could happen. 
there's a hole there. There's a there's there's six factions there. There's there's a place for another faction to go there. And maybe the Dark Will would be the perfect faction to go there because it's a non-player faction. It's a faction that Frontier controls. They can write the story. They can say, Frontier can say that the Dark Wheel does this or does that or does whatever because they own it. It's theirs. They, of course they wouldn't let uh, Hutton stay in Seoul. Of course they wouldn't let, you know, the Dogs of Lore or the the Lave Radio or the the any pick and name any faction that's owned by players. They won't let you move in there because that's their playground. That's their story. In case you're watching and you're thinking, Man, I can't wait to see the Dark Wheel take over Seoul. The Dark Wheel will never take over Seoul unless Frontier decides two years from now, five years from now, ten years from now in some weird storyline that they want that to happen. Seoul is owned by the Federation, one of the main three superpowers of the entire game. In fact, the mainest of the main three superpower, the biggest superpower. Of course, Nothing's going to change with that unless if Frontier were to make some weird storyline where like, hey, the summit explodes and Arisa Lavinia Duvall is the only one left in charge. And over the next year or two, as part of a major story arc that Frontier controls completely, you know, the Empire takes over the Federation space. Okay, then maybe that could happen. But that's at control. That's at the control of Frontier, not me. If the Alliance were to take over or if the Thargoids were to burn the bubble and destroy Earth and take over the souls, like, yes, these are all theoretically things that could happen at the control of Frontier Developments. Their story, their whatever, from Daben Braben's mind, if they want to do it, that will happen. Spoiler alert, there is 0% chats that some asshole leading a group of players is going to somehow overthrow the Federation. Like, if you're expecting that to happen, again, let me know who your weed guy is because I want to get some of that. That's not a possibility. So, like, relax, dude. So that's, it's this thread started wacky as all shit and then got wackier from there when there is one particular forum moderator. His name is Osric. Hello. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to call your name out. He has had it out from us from the very beginning because I embarrassed him at when the thread started and he was like, you'll never be able to expand and we did and then he told drew Wager, like you can't comment on the thread for galnet because you have a conflict of interest because you're a writer for frontier like asshole he's a fucking her person who bought the game he's got every right to talk on the thread as the, any of the rest of us do and if for some reason he didn't have uh uh like a reason or if he wasn't allowed to make a comment on a thing they're not going to ask some fucking jerk off in his mom's basement who's a volunteer moderator, some petty little fucking dictator. Like, you deal with him. They would have their legal team message him privately and say, hey, Drew, shut the fuck up. But they didn't because he has every right to have an opinion like every other player in the game. And yet this petty little jerk off moderator went at Drew and told him like, you can't talk. You're, you're not allowed. And he's got his little purple tag. So Drew was like, "Uh, I'm just going to take a break from the discord or from the forums 
And like he stopped posting on the forums for a while. He came back eventually. But like this same guy has had it in for me from the beginning. And no matter what I say on any thread, he will find some, he will immediately come in, post some fucking bullshit responses and like try to start an argument. And then as soon as you start an argument, if you argue back, if you just say like, hey, you're clearly just a guy expressing his own personal fucking opinions. You're not acting as a moderator here. But then as soon as you respond back, then they hit you with like rule 14, like you can't question moderators i've said this before this started with arson who brought it to my attention the moderators on elite discord forums on the official forums have come in bullied different posts with their own or threads with their own personal opinions they set shit up and then if you try to make a reasoned uh, a logical statement in response to that that they don't like okay this thread is closed they will kill this thread will kill they've killed so many threads on the subject of crime and punishment because they don't like it they want to go with what they want to go with and these petty little fucking dictators with their little ounce of power have just been 100% trolling people and killing threads and bullying people and acting like fucking cunts. It's straight up ridiculous. So yeah, this guy came in. He started off acting specifically in a post where he's acting as a moderator saying, uh, keep the subject, keep to the subject. Don't do crosstalk, this, that, and the other. Obviously this entire subject is a waste of time. This project is a waste of time because nobody can move into a permit system. But maintain discussion on the subject. Okay, so you're acting as a moderator in the post and also saying flat out, oh, this subject is a waste of time. Don't like whatever. Like, no, it's just gross, dude. It's just fucking gross. Then I responded back to that, to which uh, they deleted my post and then sent me a warning Okay. The Frontier official forums are a fucking dumpster fire. I've spoken literally face-to-face -face with a community, well, not face-to-face, -face, but on comms with a community manager who said flat out, like, yeah, we know. His his exact quote was, we know that it's extremely poor, but we're, there's nothing we can do about it right now. It, it, like, it requires a lot of effort, so we're just, we're leaving it alone. Oh, okay. Frontier, fix your shit. Get your house in order, because these petty little dictators are ruining your forums. And it's disgusting. It's gross at this point. Mattias, you had a point you wanted to add? Uh, I'll be quite restrained. I'll try at least to be quite restrained when I say this, but basically I completely agree with what you're saying. I'm not just trying to lick your ass or anything. I'm just saying I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, on Frontier Development side, the community engagement needs to be a lot, lot better and they need to listen to people rather than listening to moderators or the more like more favorable ears that, that have the court, basically. And that's all I'll say. Right on. Uh, hey, just as a heads up, I see the the original posting pothead is actually in the chat right now. You're watching to us, watching us live. Panda the Gray. He responded with a uh, post saying, "Cool. Act like I didn't DM you and try to talk to you about this." So. Just to be clear, because I don't want to have any question, Panda the Gray absolutely messaged me directly and said, "Hey man, whoops, I'm sorry." Because I posted a thing saying, and I didn't care about Panda. I wasn't trying to censor Panda at all. He's got every right to like, dude, smoke your weed, be a fucking weirdo. Cool, say your shit. It's all good. I don't mind. It's totally cool. But I wanted to call out the forum moderator team for having double fucking standards because he created a whole thread that named me like 12 times in the thread and made allegations about me personally when they killed my thread on crime and punishment after a community manager said, 
it was a good thread because there was crosstalk. There was like two or three posts where people were talking to each other and they were like, we're killing this threat. That was the only point I was trying to make was I was calling out the community uh, uh, forum moderators for their bullshit. I wasn't calling out you, Panda. I don't mind your post. I think you, again, are high as fuck, but like, that's okay. You can have whatever opinion you wanted. I didn't want you or or need you to edit my name out of shit. Like you could, you could go on whatever. So- to clarify, so there's no misunderstanding for people. Panda 100% messaged me and said like, oh man, I'm sorry. I think I maybe broke a rule. I shouldn't have mentioned you. I shouldn't have made allegations about you personally. I should have just made allegations about the Dark Wheel project. And then he messaged me a second time saying like, well, all of your people, all of your fanboys are now, you know, harassing and saying that like I uh, was improper in making this thread. So I'm going to go back and edit your name. And then he edited my name out of the original post. So the original post now has no mention of me personally. It does not say Kaizen once. Like Panda, I'm not calling you out for that, man. You're fine. I think your thread was stupid, but like you have a right to your thoughts. Uh, you, I'm sure I might make a thread that you think is stupid. Like, that's fine. You have a right to that. It's all good. Dude, I have a dozen pictures of random shit you were saying to me, which I can show you later if you like, of people that were like, dude, this guy in Xbox is talking shit on you in the CG, in the CZ, CG zone, and yada, yada, yada. I don't have a problem with that. You can think whatever you want of me. I, I swear to you, I don't work for Frontier. And now that you've listened to this show and heard me shit on them, I think you probably believe that now. But like, it is what it is. Like, you have a right to your own fucking silly beliefs. You go ahead and keep on being cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. It's all good. It's fine. I don't have a problem with you. You don't have any power. I have a problem with the forum moderators because they have power and they're doing wrong. You're not doing wrong. You're just being a little fucking weirdo. Shine on you, crazy diamond. It's all good. Tweet, you had a point? Yeah, going back to the the forums and the moderator problem, this is an issue we've talked about before, near and dear to Arson's heart, actually. And Oh, yeah. And, and, and them saying that it's it takes a lot of effort and they just can't deal with it right now. That's bullshit. I'll call it right out as it is. That's total bullshit. What it takes is actually putting somebody on or a couple somebody's on a payroll. So it's going to cost them a little bit of money, but this is public relations and this is something they've got to get a hold of before it gets even more out of hand than it already is. I just like that they have a whole rule, rule 14, which basically says, you can't question them for the stuff that they do. So if what happens is what happened to me, where a forum moderator comes in, acting as a moderator, shits on the project that we made, I make a post back to him saying, dude, you're acting as a moderator and shitting on the project? What? How is that okay? Like, you shouldn't even be expressing your own opinions with a moderator tag. If your shit was run, if the forums, the Frontier forums were run even slightly professionally, the way it would be run is you would log in as a moderator and you'd be moderator X. And then in that case, you would just be acting as moderator and you would be a unopinioned, just umpire of this is okay, this is not okay, then you would log out and log in under a fucking different name that nobody would know. And then now I'm Joe Blow and I have my opinions. And you can say whatever silly opinions you like, everyone's entitled to their opinions. Panda the Gray is entitled to his silly fucking opinions. That's fine. He doesn't have a purple tag. People will just give him the weight of being a person. But not only do they not do that, they go one step beyond that and set up to where you can't question what a moderator does. So they post some silly shit, petty dictator bullshit, and then you come in and say, this is wrong. And they say, you violated rule 14, bro. You can't question the moderators. Ugh, that's just gross. Just for the record, as it progressed, 
They edited out my response to him. They gave me a warning and like censored me and killed my shit. Like said, oh, uh, whatever. Uh, and then left on his responses where like he literally with his moderator tag was sort of being, he was shit posting me personally. And I clicked on the thing to report it and say, hey man, how is this okay? Even a little bit. And I've gotten messages from like three or four other people that they said, man, I reported him. That shit was not right. Frontier's not going to do anything about it. It's going to remain as it is. Osric needs to be removed as a fucking forum moderator and their entire forum moderator process, whatever, needs to be reworked. But they're not going to. In the links to the show, you will see the show notes for that thread. Go take a look. Next up, we've got Galnet News Articles. So right off the bat, we're going to start with uh, February 22nd, which is Hudson and Winters confirmed for the Galnet sum- or Galactic Summit. Roy, why don't you read through those articles? Yeah, sure. The first two are basically about uh, more people uh, joining this summit. Uh, Hudson and Winters are confirmed. And now also, that was February 22nd and February 23rd. Uh, the title was Alliance Protest Triggered by a Cancelled Election, but the story was that Councillor Nakato Kane, Mahan's rival, is uh, going to show up there too. I guess the more the merrier. Um, then the next one was, uh, of course, the Galactic Summit uh, uh, begins with a defense request, so um, they're, they're looking for some, uh, I guess, support to uh, keep the bad guys away. We'll see how that goes. Uh, also, Core Dynamics, Gudamaya, and Lake on Spaceways are going to give a 10% discount on all their ships during the next three weeks of the summit. Um, rare goods uh, received for political delegates on the 25th. So that's the conclusion of the, the CG for that. Um, and then finally, February 26th, um, the actual beginning of the summit. So this is going to go for the next three weeks. And uh, yeah, so the, some little lore about you know, things are kind of uh, moving along. Nothing really event eventful on the first day. Um, uh, it, it's a bit frosty between the Imperial and Marlinist <laughs> delegations. Um, right. and, and Denton Petraeus uh, didn't even acknowledge them. Um, so, yeah, all the players have assembled. I guess we'll see, um, you know, where the, where this goes with all the, all the uh, targets in one place. Uh, and between uh, people that have plot armor and obviously a bunch of people that don't. So I want to add to this a little bit. Um, and just for those people, because I know there's some long-term fans of the show that are like, man, lately it's been bad news and downer and whatever. That's the end of that as far as for this week. Like every week we're going to still call out the bullshit, but like that's the end of that for this week. Now let's move on to the fact that Story-wise, this game is fucking going amazing right now. Like, I'm not fans of the community management team at the moment. I'm not fans of the forums for sure at the moment. I'm not fans of their PR and all that stuff. Uh, But they make a good fucking game. Now, the story is hitting on all levels. Last week's, we're going to talk about it in a minute. The community goal was going great. This week, they've got the start of this crazy summit and a new CG that's awesome and it's got some weird shit going on. Let me point out some things right off the bat that I'm super excited by that I noticed that are like, ooh, yes, the story, the CGs and the Galnet are fucking amazing right now. First off, Halsey came as a guest of Felicia Winters, not the Alliance. Now, Halsey has been, you know, she was the president of the Federation. 
after they tried to whack her, she fucking came out and said, like, I saw aliens and guardians of the galaxy. And they sent her to a loony bin and she got out and she immediately fucked right off to the Alliance where she's been hanging out. It's kind of like uh, the guy that broke the story about how the NSR Snowden. Yes, she fucked off like Snowden to hang out with Putin in the, you know, the basement of the Kremlin because it's safe. She fucked right off to the Alliance area and hung out in the basement of Edward Mahan as his, his uh, whatever, and it's been uh, helping him out. She was subpoenaed to show up and testify in her own attempted murder trial, uh, and that guy got arrested and the Rochester dude got fucked, whatever. Uh, he, they threw him as the scapegoat. When all that happened, she came back. She didn't go back to the Alliance right away. She hung out there with Felicia Winters for a while. And she came to the summit as a guest of Felicia Winters. Does this signal that Halsey's in play, that she could be coming back to the Alliance to contest with Hudson for control or to work with Winters? Who knows? That's fucking cool. I'm excited. Also, Federal ambassador uh, to the Empire, Jordan Rochester, and shadow president, I forget the fucking name of his mom, but somebody Rochester, it was started with an I because they go in order of the alphabet. Uh, so I something Rochester, they stayed home. They didn't come because, you know, it's a little awkward being there with his ex-fiance, Ashling Duvall, or maybe to avoid the awkwardness of being there with, uh, you know, like, oh, sorry, my brother Jupiter tried to kill you whoops mrs halsey sorry about that um that's fucking cool i'm excited also as a note read that article they padded the guest list with plenty of names of unimportant vips that can all be red-shirted like a motherfucker uh when this summit inevitably explodes. If FDEV did have the balls to tell a good story, this could legit be a red wedding situation where three quarters of everybody we know gets killed, all the important people gets killed, and Arissa Lavigny Duvall is the sole survivor, and now it's the story of how everyone in the Alliance and Federation is scrambling to try to fucking keep up with her. Unfortunately, I don't think they got the balls to tell that story, so what we're gonna have here is, oh my God, the whole summit explodes, and red shirt 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 dies and all of the important people i.e everyone who is a power play leader now miraculously is on the survivor list so i think that's what we're gonna see but still i think it's cool i think it's exciting let's talk about the community goals go ahead roy yeah so the one that's ongoing right now is the defense of the summit so it's uh, operating uh, out of the spirit of Laylapse and Sirius. You can hand in bounty vouchers for the Sirius Corporation. There's a free federal assault ship for the top 10 commanders. Uh, the Viper Mark III acceleration gold paint job for the top 25% of commanders. And a permanent Sirius system permit and the Viper Mark III acceleration white paint job for the top 75. Um, so that one uh, has just kicked off. Uh, I think there'll be some more to talk about that. Just to clear up, the, the other one finished was the rare the rare goods required for the Galactic Summit. Um, that one uh, topped out, no surprise, uh, 100%. And the reward was that uh, double-engineered uh, sweet FSD uh, Class 5 drive, frame shift drive. Yeah, beautiful. Now, just real quick, let's address a couple of points about these CGs. So... The one that finished, let's deal with that first because we're going in sort of chronological order. Of course that one finished early because they followed the same limits that they had last time for the funeral for Ashling's daddy where people were delivering, you know, stuff. And this time 
they added a prize of a double-engineered FSD. So, of course, everyone came and contributed. And, of course, it finished early. It finished on, like, Saturday. Um, that's to be expected. Note that in addition to the top 75% getting the free FSD, the FSD is now on sale at the human tech brokers. It is not a situation like other stuff was before where you unlock it and then you can just buy it from the store for cheap. It's a matter of for every one that you buy, you have to buy it with materials, but it still comes out being an amazing deal because it's better than any other FSD5 in the game and it's cheaper than getting a regular FSD5 and doing all this shit to do the rolls to get it from level one to level five. You get a fully engineered, double engineered FSD5. The only thing you have to do is take it to uh, any place. You can take it to Farsi or anyone that does FSD1 and add a uh, mass manager to it. It is mwah. It is choice. And for the next two weeks, it's on sale. So for the next, if you want, if you need it, like 15 of the 38 ships in this game use the FSD5. So if you need it for eight of your ships, go buy it in the next two weeks when you can get it for less stuff. If you need eight of them or 12 of them, go get them because they're on sale for two weeks. So mwah. Fantastic. Huge salute, salute to Frontier for doing that. That's exciting. That's awesome. On this week's CG, there's a couple points that you might want to be aware of. First off, let, let's, let's take this in order. Number one, just overnight, they greatly upped the needed contribution to get it and set it to eight tiers. We've never had a tier eight CG that I know of. We've had tier five CGs, but like if we've had tier eight CGs, they haven't been for a long fucking time. This is new. And they upped it to, it was at like, I forgot what it was. It was like at like 400 million or 360 million. They upped it to 1.28 trillion credits and bounds that needs to be turned in. Bounty hunting bonds, which is crazy high, like massively high. So that's new. They just, after they started it at one level and then said, whoop, we're going to just multiply it by a fucking lot. And they did it quietly. They did it on the sneak. That's new. That's different. That's interesting. I'm not calling them out saying, like, hey, this is bullshit. You're making it impossible. I'm saying, ooh, that's interesting. That's a challenge. I think it's impossible that we're going to get 1.3 trillion bounties in a week. I think it might be set up that it's meant to go over the full three weeks of the uh, summit. I think that this is meant to be like the sword of Damocles hanging over our head where they give us what seems like an impossibly hard task and then a long time to do it and then say, okay, monkeys, you got time, fucking do it or fail. Me personally, I'm kind of hoping that it fails because it's like, that's a more interesting story. That could be very fucking cool. Let's see. I want, I want Theta 7 to show up. I want the NMLA to show up and weird shit to happen because man, that's a compelling story. Like I'm, to be clear, I don't root for terrorists, but this is not real life. This is a video game and that's the most interesting story that could happen, I think. So like, wow, cool. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, point two. The two new exclusive paint jobs, the Golden and the White Star, um, or whatever they are, the Acceleration Type 1 and Type 2, whatever paint job. If you're in the top 25%, because I've heard already some people say like, man, I actually think the 75% one looks better than the 25% one. Do not aim for 75%. Aim for 25% because the people in the top 25% get both paint jobs. You get everything. You win all the stuffs. So, 
So go do that. Point three, the top 10 commanders that you get a free federal assault ship. I don't know. Is that like, it's a free $10 million ship that you get where they're like, oh, we're paying the 10 million, but it's still a $10 million hull and you get it for free. Or do you get a hull that literally is listed at zero cost? Because if so, that means that that's forever free rebuys on a ship that's decent for PVP. Like, I mean, it's, it's not the best, but it's not the worst. It's like legit. And to have a combat ship with a zero dollar hull means that anytime it dies, you pay nothing. So it's perma-free rebuy except for your modules, which like, wow, that's crazy fucking overpowered. That's awesome. And point four, the last point, uh, during this summit, Core Dynamics, Gudamaya, and Lakon Spaceways are celebrating the political gathering of all three superpowers with a 10% discount on their ships in addition to any other discounts out there. So if you go to a Leon Re system where you can get it for 15% off and you add the additional 10% off, that means you can get a Corvette right now, a very fucking expensive ship, or you can get a, a cutter right now, so long as you have them unlocked, a very expensive ship at 25% discount. Now, some new players might be like, why do I care? It's 25%. It's a difference of a couple million credits. What that means is every time you die and go to the rebuy screen, you your rebuy screen is determined by the price of the hull that you bought when you first got it. So that means every time you die from now on, you know, it's going to save you 25%. It's going to save you a full quarter of the cost of your rebuy. That's fucking amazing. Cheaper rebuy is a huge win. All right. I filibustered enough. We got everybody lined up to comment. So, Mattis, you've got several comments. Go first. Um, in regards to the community goal, um, I, I genuinely hope that they actually, like, they, they do want to do something big with the story and they do want to do something at least more than what they've done before in regards to previous iterations because um it needs something more bold more exciting um etc but i do actually have faith with the company that they are going somewhere with this um possibly some some kind of major attack and possibly some major characters get wiped out but hopefully perhaps. i i 100 agree as much as I've been disappointed in some aspects of things, since they brought back Galnet, since they brought back community goals, I want to say this loud and proud and clearly. Frontier, I fucking love the job that you guys are doing with telling the story, with making a dynamic galaxy, with making fun and cool and interesting and imaginative CGs. Even when you fuck up, you fucked up a couple weeks ago and you did one where we turned in engineered mats. Hey man, you had the balls to try something new. And sometimes that's going to mean you fuck up. And I love you for having the balls to try new different stuff. That's cool. So state of the game for me with regard to, hey, how are you guys doing on the story and the CG? On a scale of one to 10, you guys are a fucking 12. You guys are hitting home runs and I love you. And that's awesome. And keep Keep it up and keep being inventive and keep being daring. Keep being, what was that thing from the NASA thing? Dare big things. Like you guys are killing it and I love that. So keep it up. Uh, next up was Tweet. Well, you made my point on the free ship. I, I mean, let's be fair. To be in the top 10, you're going to have to turn in. Oh, yeah. You could probably buy 100 FASs with the amount you're going to be turning in. But that free rebuy forever, if in fact it would be a free rebuy forever, that's worth its weight in gold. <laughs> that that's and and I'd also like to give up that props. I I could be wrong, but this might be the first time they've ever offered up a for for a CG like this. 
think it's the first time I remember a free ship for this for a CG, which is exciting. Again, all of this stuff, dude, when it comes to the CGs in the story, FDEB is fucking killing it. And like, you guys are just, just mwah. Absolutely. And I, well, real quick, let me add on the story. What I'm wondering if they're not going to do, I don't think they're going to kill any of the big ones. But what if this turns into a story where there's a terrorist attack, mayhem proceeds, and Space Khaleesi comes up missing. Somebody kidnaps her and she's missing. And that turns into another part of the story where we have to go do something for a CG or, or something that they can do. I, there's a couple of ways they could go with this that could be absolutely fascinating story-wise. I was going to... I've been thinking about uh, what mechanic, what additional mechanics might they be introducing with this one? Because like you said, they've been experimenting with stuff and I think that's super cool. Um, I thought the way that it read in the in the in both the Galnet and the, and the CG itself suggested that for these three weeks, I, I think they're going to be rotating through Federation, Imperial, and Alliance for yes. defensive CGs, let's call it. Um, so presumably that might mean that, you know, this week's a free federal assault ship. Next week, it's a free something from the Imperials. And Clipper. the week after that, it's a, I don't know, free chieftain or something. Um, so that'd be cool. Um, I'm not, what I'm trying to figure out is like with this massive increase of the target and the, the eight tiers, um, it's still showing as there's only five days left in it. So I don't think it's that this target is stretching over three weeks. I guess they redo this every three weeks, but does this mean that the players can basically choose when the catastrophe happens because one of these CGs is not going to get done high enough or something? Maybe that's the maybe that's the mechanic they're playing with. I'm not sure. It's funny. It's it's funny because that's literally what I was just talking about in the chat, live chat with Wintermute uh, on this. Here's what I think. We've never seen a CG like this before. We've never seen, we were we were told up front, this is a three-part CG over the next three weeks. Phase one is uh, the Sirius combined with the Federation on security. Phase two is they've told us Sirius combined with the Empire on security. Phase three, they haven't told us, but logic tells you it's Sirius combined with the Alliance on security. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that for each of the, again, this is just a fucking wild guess. I don't want to encourage the, the the cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs in the chat that like I'm a Frontier employee. I have no knowledge on this, but this is a guess. What if there are three CGs for each week CG, it, you have to hit tier one or higher for it to be a success for you to quote unquote win that CG and get, oh, you get, you know, paint jobs, you get stuffs, so you get whatever. So this week it's, you get paint jobs for the Viper Mark III and you can, the top 10 commanders get a free fast. Okay. Next week, what if it's paint jobs for a uh, Cobra and the top 10 commanders get a free clipper? The next week after that, it's, free paint jobs for, uh, I don't know, type six and the top 10 commanders get a free chieftain, but completely separate from that. Like, okay, you only have to get to tier one or higher to succeed, but there is a ticking time bomb in the room with all of us commanders that we see it over the next three weeks of, Hey man, we can succeed higher on this week and lower on next week and higher on the next week, whatever. But 
at the end of the three weeks, if we don't get to 1.3 or 1.28 trillion, disaster's going to strike. Even if we get to enough that it's tier one that we succeed on each week, which we're going to, duh, you're giving us prizes. We're going to win each week. But if we don't win by enough altogether, then that ticking time bomb goes off and we see what we see what happens, which maybe that's wishful thinking on my part because that's the best of all worlds because i I'll, I'll be clear i want the time bomb to go off i want cool shit to happen in the story but i also want to succeed every week on the thing and get our prizes so this is straight up uh giving this is like giving a fat kid a cookie like let us get our cookie each of the three weeks and then when the bomb goes off at the end of the three weeks let us get a pie like that shit is legit what do you think Roy? yeah i I, I, as you were saying that, I was wondering, is it just to get to the the target contributions or is this sort of a three-legged stool and whichever leg is the shorter, that's the way the catastrophe is going to tip? I, I don't think that I don't think that it will happen that way because of I think all three are going to succeed. So like it's you can't go back and say, well, the actually the alliance ended up higher than the Federation and the Empire. So we're going to say that it's the Federation that failed because Federation is week one. I think it's literally just going to be each week is its own little cookie. And then the end of the whole thing is do we defuse the time bomb, which I don't know. But it's it's new and that's cool. That's awesome. I, I like it, and who knows? It's all speculation. I'm I think I'm saying a similar but different thing in that I agree it's going to be to the end, but maybe this is about I don't know somebody infiltrating something, and whichever week had less ah. participation is when they slipped in, and then that so. creates that's going to require three different narratives to have been written, unless they all end up. Nah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't require three different narratives because you literally just you're you're brilliant in what you say there. You but you just change the name you just literally say we we are the investigation after the fact shows that the fuck up was in week one or the fuck up was in week two or the fuck up was in week three but it's beautiful i dig it and i'm so excited and i'm so thankful to frontier for this cool new thing it's new it's ballsy it's audacious i love it keep it up all right so that takes us to the frontier friday q a they dropped just earlier today weapons so here's what we got. Will anti-vehicle weapons be available? All weapons can be used against ships. That I don't think that answers the question. I think the way the question was phrased was more like, will there be weapons that we can use on our ship against SRVs? Because that was asked a couple weeks ago and they didn't answer it. They literally said, it was like, hey, you've said there's going to be no weapons against personnel, but are there going to be vehicle weapons? And they're like, there are going to be no weapons against personnel. And it's like, well, that didn't answer the question at all. Uh, but they say here, all weapons can be used against ship. However, some are far more effective, such as explosive weapons like rocket launchers and grenades. So... Okay, cool. Will players be available? Will players be equipped with weapons immediately upon launch? Of course you are. They're going to start with a fucking starter pistol. That's... I. They're literally making up these questions on their own. And it's like, I, I don't think any player would ask these questions. Like, of course they're going to... They're No, they're not going to start you with anything. Okay. Yeah, you get a starter pistol and then you got to upgrade yourself. Will there be melee weapons? No, there will not. You can melee fight, but there will be no melee weapons. So no laser sword, no big axe, no cutting off people's heads. Presumably, you're going to have two options. You're going to have pop them in the mouth, which is punch somebody. And you're going to have attitude adjustment, which is you hit somebody, you crack somebody over the head with your fucking, the butt of your rifle, um, which we in the Marines call an attitude adjustment. What kinds of explosives are there are? Only grenades and rocket launchers are planned for launch. Okay. 
we knew that already as far as, well, we knew that those were available and they're saying, no, nothing extra, just that. Uh, will aiming the reticle always be remain on the string? Yes, because you're going to use that as your interact thing as well. Uh, so that's going to always be on the screen. You can also aim down sights to be more accurate. Which weapons will allow look down sights, ADL, uh, aim down, ADS, aim down sights? All of them. Could players throw grenades at ships and expect to deal significant damage if it's unshielded? Yes. What types of weapons will there be? Pistols, rifles, machine guns, shotguns, rocket launchers. Will players be able to upgrade their weapons with attachments? You can choose from several attachments for your weapons. However, a modified weapon cannot be reverted. So think carefully. You can own multiple copies of a weapon for different situations, but can only carry a limited number of time depending on your suit. Can you drop ammo grenades for your friends? Yes, you can. So those are the 10 questions and answers such as they are. Now, I want to bring up some thoughts with regard to this. Um, right off the bat, my first uh, uh, huge question is, do all of these extra weapons and modules for them, silencer, scope, etc., do they take up slots in my already crammed 120 module slots or are they under a different system? Because I hope to God that it's not like, well, you can't own another gun because you have... Uh, 120 things in your oof yeah um in addition to that the other huge question that i have is just from an immersion from a from a standpoint of like wait a second a starter sidewinder if you talk about a 1f whatever pulse laser that's like the size of a person that's literally as big as me and two of them firing non-stop at a unshielded anaconda take like three minutes to chew through the armor on it you're telling me that i can chuck a little grenade and that's going to somehow destroy this same armor that it's a laser the size like uh, okay i don't mm, all right Tweaked. Yeah, I kind of have a suspicion. You mentioned the scopes and stuff. Is that, is that going to take more slots on our suits? And I was having this mm -hmm. conversation with one of my uh, OPEX guys earlier tonight. I tend to believe, and inferring this from some of their, some of the way they worded things, I guess, although I wish they would just come out and tell us so we could quit speculating. But I believe <laughs> that that the scopes and stuff are going to be engineered. We're going to be able to change all that kind of stuff through the engineering, and that's how they're going to get around the the cargo and the slots on our suits and everything. So they did say that it is going to be with engineering, but they still said, so like there may be different scopes that you use for different things. It may be that for one time you want uh for one type of mission, you want a suppressor on your rifle. For another type of mission, you want... Uh, like, oh, well, you can either have the suppressor or you could have the really good scope. Like, you can't have both at the same time. So, and they said that you're well, you're going to need, so you're, you're going to have, like, multiple of sniper rifles with different attachments. So, this sniper rifle is for a stealthy mission. This sniper rifle is for a, uh, you know, I guess, how do I say to civilians? Like, a, a loud and fast mission where, like, hey, we're not worried about stealth. We're coming in. We're kicking up in a door. Yeah, we're kicking in the door and we're fucking taking scalps and it is what it is. So like the, the 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 question there is, so we know with the combat suit, you can have two primary weapons. So two rifles. With any other suit, you can only have one. So it's going to be a matter of you have maybe a locker in your ship where you have your weapons and shit stored. And then it's like grab one or if you have a combat suit, grab two. So, you know, you go from there. 
Um, uh, let's go with uh, Roy. You got a, a question? Yeah, I was just I, listening to all the different descriptions of the weapons and the modules and stuff. I, I think this is just one where we just sorely need to see some stuff to really understand. Because <clears throat> it's all going to come down to... Um, well, how cool are each of these attachments? How much gameplay impact do they actually have? Is this is a is this a a, a, a lot of difference in how the game uh, treats guns in terms of you know maybe aiming down sight speed changes with with scopes or or doesn't it? Like there's there's so much minutia um, that make up the look and feel of an FPS. It's uh, I'd say I'm kind of neutral, maybe cautiously optimistic about this information, but there's just so much more that's going to be revealed by someone literally walking us through like, okay, here's this gun. I've got this scope. Now I'm going to switch scopes and here's what it does. Like this is what content creators and FPS spend thousands of videos on dissecting. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's very difficult to kind of tease this out of just a little, a little statement. It is a big oof. The idea of like, wait, I can't, I I'm looking to the right of me right now. And I'm looking at two assault rifles, both of which have Picatinny rails and it's the year 2020. You're telling me in the year fucking 3,300, we can go faster than light. We can break the rules of whatever we're flying around and we haven't figured out Picatinny rails. It can't be that you change a scope on a fucking rifle. Like what? Okay. It, it, it's how much realism do you want and how much space magic do you want? I've played games games where you can literally change these things out willy-nilly and then there's other games where you're like infusing i'm making air quotes you're infusing things using special crystals and it's a one-way uh, operation so i've seen it both ways mm. it's it, I, I wouldn't judge it necessarily on that i'm gonna always go back to is it fun uh some of these things end up being onerous and some of them are now i've got something special and unique it's just we got to see some video of it being used and, and i think before you can really answer that question fair point Matthias. Um, yeah, I find it interesting that they actually said it's a first-person RPG game rather than a first-person realism game. So, again, it, I think it's it's dependent on whether like they choose the more arcade route or whether they choose the more uh, realism route. Um, and my other question as well in regards to the weapons is, are we going to have subclasses of each variant of weapons? So, for instance, are we going to have DMRs? Are we going to have SMGs? Are we going to have carbines? Are we going to have LSWs, mm -hmm. etc.? Etc. Etc. Et and saws. You need a squad assault weapon for sure. So yeah, lots of interesting things, lots of stuff. And again, with everything, it's it's the same as everything else with Odyssey News, which is we're ready. Show us stuff. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Um, which brings us to uh, tweets and disclosures. There was one big tweet. There was the winners of the name contest were picked at that contest they were doing to like, you can get your name on a station or a location or something in game. The winners were picked. And, uh, you know, the winners were, um, let's see, we got Gibbs, Geeson, Tashieri, Blaze, B-L-A-E-S, -A -A Blaze, and Heighten. So congratulations to you guys. That tweet just dropped today where they said, these are the guys that are going to get their name on something in the game. Cool. That wraps up uh, Frontier News, and we're going to jump right to Roy stories. Roy, why don't you go ahead and introduce this section? Because I know you've got some stuff you wanted to call out. We made some changes. Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm really excited that we're starting up the second season of uh, Roy stories. Uh, Commander, you know, Inara Commander logbooks uh, with Mac Winston's Commander Mac Winston's logbooks. Um, the the cast is uh, significant has significantly grown, and I I just wanted to call them out. Everyone's done a ton of work. We've actually 
got 10 weeks of recordings uh, on file now. And it's going to allow us to do some really cool stuff with post-processing and be able to bring those to the live show. Previously, um, Monohive was, was uh, doing some of this um, for the podcast because that's just the way the workflow went. So I'm, I'm excited that we've been able to make this, this shift. Um, just to call out the cast here, um, this week and, and ongoing, and sometimes the characters change, but uh, Commander Audaxius is playing Cal. Kai, uh, you're in it this week as Chief Richardson. That changes a few times in the future. Tweak, <laughs> Tweak is in as uh, Officer Tang. We've also got Boss Lady B, Officer Quint, WK Jez is Officer on Radio, although both of them have different characters going forward as well. I'm Mac. I'm also the narrator and editor. And then uh, the the big new addition, of course, Monahive as sound, sound engineer and uh, FX uh, extraordinaire. We've got a Foley. So. We've got Foley for now. We got Foley now, so it's we're it's doing audio plays exciting. for you guys. It's super exciting. So, yeah, maybe without further ado, uh, if you're ready, Sword, uh, let's roll the tape. We now return to our Inara Commander series with the logbooks of Commander Mac Winston. When last we left the adventuresome duo, they had just arrived at Serebrov Station with a load of rare and highly illegal fish. They were about to be met by Chief Richardson of the Federal Customs and Excise Service, who's on the hunt for a smuggled load of onion head. Mac Winston, Season 2, Episode 1, The Smell of Fear, Serebrov Station, Yakabugai. We'll find our contact first, I think, I said as we climbed down the boarding stairs of the William F. McCoy. What was his name again? Fuck! exclaimed Cal. Huh? I asked, surprised. I was pretty sure our contact wasn't named that. Cal was also normally the model of imperial decency and wasn't one for swearing. Well, not much at least. I turned around. I saw the source of his unexpected explanation. Oh, for feck's sake... I joined in. Striding purposefully towards our ship were four people wearing dark blue uniforms, the uniforms of Federal Customs and Excise. The group was led by a tall man who looked like an undertaker. He was wearing a rather triumphant grin on a face that had too obviously spent too many years looking glum. Two rather younger women and a skinny young man were following behind. All of them had a rather nasty, satisfied look to them. They soon approached. Good day. I'm Customs Chief Richardson. Which of you two is the captain of this vessel? He asked, smiling as if greeting a friendly neighbor. He is, Cal and I both said in unison, pointing at each other. This didn't seem to please Chief Richardson much. His smile evaporated. I held my hand up. Sorry, sir, I'm this ship's commander. And you would be Mac Winston. And your crew member is? Callum Fernandez... Vasquez, Cal replied. Chief Richardson fiddled with his data pad, muttering under his breath. Mind if we search your ship? Chief Richardson asked, turning on the chummy act again. Got a warrant? Richardson smiled smugly, turning his data pad towards me, showing the warrant. I suppose I ought to let you on board, I conceded. How the hell had they found out? Had Kelly Price betrayed me? No, she wasn't that type, even though we'd extracted more money out of her than she had wanted to pay. Is there anything you wish to declare? Richardson asked. Nope, I replied, wearing a poker face. 
I should advise you that if you make a declaration now and cooperate, your sentence will be reduced. As far as I know, I've not been charged with anything, so talk of sentencing is a bit premature, I asked, trying to sound irritated. I was actually working hard not to show the fear that we'd just been nailed for smuggling endangered species, drug-making ones at that, feigning annoyance for the inconvenience of getting searched. You've not been charged. Yet. Richardson stated ominously and rather too cheerfully. You have the right to observe the search. Officer Quentin Perkins, he said, indicating the two women, will search your living areas. I will search the hold along with Officer Tang, he said, pointing out the skinny officer. Okay, Cal, you go with the two who are shaking down our living quarters. I glared at Richardson. And I'll go with, sorry, what was your name again? Customs Chief Richardson, Richardson replied. Nervousness making you forgetful, he added, cruelly, I thought. We boarded and split up, and I led the two officers to the hold. I turned the hold lights on, illuminating the cavernous space with bright light, and unlocked the cargo racks. The rack doors opened, revealing over 200 tons of uraninite containers. Scan all of these, carefully, Richardson instructed Tang. The young man pulled out a hand scanner and began to go over the racks. Meanwhile, I stood wearing my best poker face, answering the barbs thrown my way by Richardson with one-word replies. After about twenty minutes, Tang finished his task. So what have you found? Richardson asked. Two hundred and twenty tons of uraninite, he replied. Three of the containers scanned as under mass, but within tolerances, probably just a different radiation shield. Is that thing calibrated correctly? Richardson said, taking the scanner from Tang. He looked at it critically. Which ones were under mass? These three, he said, pointing to three containers at the bottom of the largest cargo rack. My heart skipped a beat. One of those had the highly illegal aquarium inside. I desperately wanted to let out a little scream, but suppressed it. I tried not to quake or give any other kind of indication of nervousness. It was a battle I was beginning to lose. Federal prison opened up in front of me like a hole ready to swallow me up. Let's open them up, Richardson demanded. I wondered how I was going to get out of this one. I decided to try and be cooperative to see if it would get them to not bother with the effort. Sir, the uraninite is radioactive. We've got a couple of hazmat suits in the cubicle over there. I'd advise suiting up before opening them, I said, trying to sound helpful. Richard's calm suddenly came to life. It was one of the other two officers. Sir, if you're ready, we found something up here. Richardson turned and glared at me. Still nothing to declare, hmm? Perhaps there's some Reed Quashian Ultra Coffee in the galley, I said, shrugging, trying to look calm. I knew it was illegal in some places, but most didn't bother with a few packets for personal use. Before we left, Richardson had a question for his underling. Mr. Tang, how much onion head could be concealed in the three undermass containers? Onion head? They were searching for onion head, not the aquarium full of homeworld spinefish. Very little, sir. Not the quantities that the police have been seizing in the last couple of weeks. Okay, well, we better see what officers Quentin Perkins have found, Richardson said, not smiling quite as much as he had been. A couple of minutes later, we arrived in the ship's galley. Cal was standing at the back, leaning against the wall, looking slightly defeated. Officer Quint was holding up a small plastic bag. Inside was about five grams of onion head. Ah, I said. About that, it's just my personal supply. Richardson quizzed the officers. Just that? He asked. 
Yes, we've searched everything pretty thoroughly, Quint said, handing her scanner to Richardson. Nothing came up apart from that bag. Richardson sighed. He didn't look quite so triumphant as he had when he'd initially approached us. Well, I'm authorized to confiscate this, he said, snatching the bag from Quint. And issue you with an on-the-spot 150-credit fine. He didn't sound satisfied. Then his calm came to life again. Richardson, he said, his calm on speaker so we could all hear it. Adbury police have seized an eight-ton shipment of onion head. When and where was it unloaded? He said, eyeing Cal and I suspiciously. While you were doing the search, the cargo was traced it back to a hole parked next to the ship you were searching. Is it still there? No, he left five minutes ago. Thank you, Richardson said, his voice brittle. He was rapidly turning an angry red color. Some spittle was forming at the corner of his mouth. Right, he said snippily. You are free to go. Perkins, Quint, Tang, come with me, he said, his words staccato. I was just trying not to breathe a sigh of relief. All six of us left the ship. The customs officers strode away, and Cal and I continued to wear a poker face until they had safely rounded the corner at the end of the docking bay. Over the sound of the station's arrivals and departures, I clearly heard Richardson's scream of rage. I sighed. Damn, I could have done without that, I concluded. Let's find the buyer and then get the hell out of here. All right. That is, uh, I'm, I'm loving the increasing quality for the Roy stories with the whole, we have a whole cast now and the sound Foley effects and the whatever. It is legit and I am loving it. I hope you guys are liking it as well. Which takes us to the next segment, which is the Elite Week Race News. So the Elite Racers are doing a race on Sunday. So this Sunday, the 28th at uh, 6 p.m. UTC uh, at the Crucible. They're doing a Canyon SRV race. We will have information for you in the show notes to go and get involved, which takes us to the next segment, Sword, which is real life science. All right. So again, uh, real life science. We're, we're this is. I told you last week that this was all all going to be about the the whole Mars deal. We've got a couple of links for you. They're in the show notes. We've got from NASA the Perseverance touchdown uh, video, which is amazing. Couple minutes long. Then we've got the NASA from NASA again, the Sea Mars, like you've never seen it before. NASA Perseverance uh, rover sends new video footage to the Earth press conference. It's like an hour and a half long press conference that has embedded in that some first look video, but it also has like a whole long talk about all of the stuff that's new and cool and, and what's going on with that. In addition, we have uh, the episode, a link to the episode from Planetary Radio, which is Touchdown, February 24th. 2021. Uh, so that's the episode that just came out a couple days ago uh, that was, you know, about the whole, uh, you know, the whole process of coming down and landing. Uh, and that's about it that we have from news from Perseverance just at the moment. So just as a heads up for people who might be like, well, isn't there going to be like more stuff? And it's like, yeah, but the the plan was just just as a spoiler alert for people, <clears throat> they're not they're they're not really 
like perseverance isn't really working working yet. Um, the the process for this this is an incredibly complex piece of machinery that they sent a massive a ways away, and it's nowhere near a uh, tech that can do some IT work on it in case shit goes sideways. So there's a complex and very slow and laborious process to do everything exactly right. So the plan was they land on Mars and they spend two full weeks doing testing, spin-up, diagnostics, all of this stuff just to like very slowly, very carefully, one thing at a time on a million list long checklist, like remove every cover, start everything, turn this, diagnostic that, check this, check that, so that if any one piece has a problem... They can list it, figure out how to get around it before they start up the next thing because they don't want to break shit. If you break shit, it's bad news. This whole process has been ruined. And spoiler alert, this is a 10-year-long project. So, so a mission like this from NASA goes through three long phases of entirely separate crews that come in. First, there is the design and build phase. And that is a process that takes years from them figuring out what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, and then building it and then making it all work. Then that whole team fucks off and goes to work on other projects. And a second team comes in and it's the travel phase. And that is an entire group of people that come in and deal with this for like 11 months because it's like a nine, 10 month trip. But then they're they're there for like a month or two before handoff where they're getting the process to like take over the project and launch this thing all the way to Mars and get it to land, get through the seven minutes of terror and all the stuff that we've heard so much about over the last two weeks. And then that whole team fucks off. And a whole third crew comes in, which is the science team, that it's like, okay, now we're on Mars. And these are the guys that are in charge of driving the rover around, running this experiment, doing this with the little helicopter drone, doing that. And that process, that team is going to now take over the project and have it for several years. So this is the handoff phase between team two and team three who are working together on all of the checklists to like get the stuff turned on. So we're not going to see any science from the rover for like another week because they're just getting it sort of set up and they have to do it very excruciatingly carefully and slowly and laboriously to do it right. And God bless them. Take all the time you need get it done right so that this whole 10-year process isn't wasted. We will get news starting at the very earliest, about a week from now, and going for the next couple of years on this thing. So God bless, and yes. But in case anybody's wondering, like, oh, you got no science, no nothing yet? That's that's why. They're, they're just in boot-up phase and test and test and test phase. So it'll, it's coming. In the meantime, though, there was a breakthrough this week. There was some news. Sea salt was discovered on Mars. Now, this was not, this had nothing to do with the rover. This had nothing to do with Perseverance or the Chinese mission Tianwen-1 or the even United Arab Emirates mission uh, Al-whatever it was, which means hope. I'll uh, forget. Uh, But that mission was actually done by... Uh, Trace gases were found in the atmosphere by the ExoMars Trace Gas Orbiter, which is a mission that has been on site for some time that is being run by the ESA, the European Space Agency, 
in conjunction with Roscosmos, which is the Russian space agency. Um, they have an orbiter, a trace gas orbiter, that is studying the atmosphere and is going to be working in conjunction with the Al-Amal, that's the name of it, the HOPE uh, thing from the United Arab Emirates. And um, that thing, that that uh, uh, orbiter found trace gases that had bits of sea salt, NaCl in it, uh, hydrogen chloride in it, which is super awesome. And again, kind of comes back to the whole, you know, thing of like, for sure, we're getting more and more evidence that there was and still is water on Mars. The water that is there now is mostly uh, embedded under the ground in the rock and in the form of ice that is at the polar caps which we got amazing shots of just this last week of of ice on the polar ice cap uh, a huge section of polar ice cap of mars which is amazing and beautiful and wonderful so yeah this is continuing to go the links for all of that are going to be in the show notes for you to enjoy Matthias, hop in um yeah the whole mission is absolutely incredible the particularly the lander from curiosity is it curiosity the last the, mm -hmm. the last yeah that land is absolutely amazing the thing that lowers them down onto the ground um like the whole progression i remember when i was younger um with the first ever rover with the little wheels um little tiny thing from now um with odyssey and curiosity uh, odyssey and spirit was it um the whole progression of it it's absolutely amazing uh, I, I love watching it but mars is a particular uh, curiosity for me because of the fact that it, it shows so many signs that once upon a time it may have had water and had life ex possibly had life etc and yeah. so yeah it's just a really exciting time to be into astronomy yeah the first couple were way way smaller and were uh they the way they landed those was actually a whole different process they just threw them at mars they literally had like parachutes and shit to slow them down but they were so small and so light that what they had was they basically put them in a in in like a massive form of sort of kind of like bubble wrap like a really reinforced bubble and just threw it at the planet and let it bounce and like the last one had bounced like 36 times before it finally stopped and then they like let the air out of the bubble and then they you know drove around now the very last one which was odyssey which was the one before this one this one that just landed is perseverance but the last one odyssey was the first one where they did this sky crane sort of thing and they lowered it and whatever and then perseverance is the one that just landed a week ago um, so it is very, very cool shit. Go ahead, uh, tweet. Perseverance. That one was just spectacular. And and just real quick, if anybody, if the pictures that are coming out on it, now Mars itself isn't all that beautiful, as we all already knew and expected. But one picture came out a few days ago that it came across, and I wish I had access to it right now, but it showed the sky above it. And it was like in a panoramic view. And oh, my freaking God, was that beautiful. The stars, the density mm -hmm. of it. it. It looked almost like we were sitting on a planet in Elite Dangerous, really. It was just spectacular, this, this, the images we're getting from this. It's beautiful. It is awesome. And I got to say, I, uh, I love their planet tech. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's take, let's hop into the discussion topics. There's a couple of them we have tonight. We got, uh, let's start off with Elite Dangerous Odyssey death mechanics. Now, this is a thing that we've talked about earlier that Art said, like, oh, it's still not laid down. It's still not locked down. And a lot of people are getting hypercritical and being like, what the hell? How do you not know what 
is going on with the death mechanics yet. How far away are you from being done with this game? What the hell? Like, this is bullshit. This is whatever. Let me just be the first to say, I think everybody, let's calm down on this point. I don't think it's that big a deal. Let's be honest. <clears throat> it's going to be one of like three things. The first is <clears throat> it is exactly how it is now. How it is now is if you are in your ship and you die, you pop back up at the last station you were in. If you're in your SRV or SLF and you die, you pop back up in the ship. And it could be that if you're in your on foot and you die, if you left a station and walked out of the station outside, you know, in a settlement and you die, maybe you pop back up in the settlement. Or if you were the last thing that you were in was your ship or your SRV, then, okay, you pop back up in your ship. There, that's a very, I think that's the highest probability that that's what it's going to be. And I think that that's probably what it should be for good gameplay purposes. Another way they could go with it is um, if you die, no matter what, you end up back at the last station. That's also a feasible way to go with it. Another thing they could do, which is do what they're talking about, trying to set up and do with with Star Citizen, which there's some level of gameplay there where like if you die, like <clears throat> your character dies and you know you have a new character that inherits some of their stuff, but there's a loss of whatever. I think that is a way overly complicated, way janky, way bad gameplay, way unfun, way punishing, way stupid way to do it. And I don't think that there's a chance in hell that Frontier is stupid enough to do that. Um, I honestly believe that the answer is going to be that it works just like now. You pop up in your ship or you pop up in the station. They just can't figure out a way to say it that gets past the whole like, oh, you're breaking my immersion. Um, you know, hey, guys, let me just be the first to tell you. And I, I'm openly critical of Frontier when I feel that they're doing something wrong. But I'm, I'm a fan of them doing right things. If it's a matter of you have to choose good gameplay or immersion, choose, take the fucking good gameplay. Just say, yeah, you pop back up in your ship. It's a fucking video game. Smoke a joint and relax if that's a problem for you. Like, uh, we're not going to have you restart a character or re what, like, that's just fucking dumb and unfun. So like, yeah, you pop back up in your ship because whatever. I honestly don't even think that they're really confused about how it's going to work. I think they just can't figure out a way to say what I just said and feel like they're going to not bother people or not upset people. And it's like, um, yeah, it's just a video game. Don't, don't take it that deep. Just, just relax. In addition, <clears throat> with that whole Peggy rating of like Peggy 16 or 13 or four, whatever the fuck it is you got to be to be able to see people shooting people in Europe. Um, like you could go with the way that they do it in other there are some other games like Final Fantasy 14 where no one ever dies you the way they explain it is you got knocked down i.e. you got taken to zero hit points let's say you know oh you shoot me my shield goes down oh you shoot me again you broke my armor oh you shoot me again you pierced my armor and hit me in the body in a way that would have killed me 
right? But uh, my Dynadyne mana meds pop in and I fall over and now I'm unconscious. I'm knocked out, but my nano meds stabilize me. And then, you know, the story is the exact same magical fucking fairies that pull me in my Remlock suit now uh, and take me back to a station, pull me in my, my Remlock suit and take me back to my ship and revitalize me. And now I'm awake. And I think that gets around the whole sort of issue of like, uh, how do we deal with this? You can hand wave him in a way several different ways. Uh, I just want to point out that Roy had to go because uh, he has a actual in-game event. They're doing a memoriam for Jello Wiggler's daughter, Evelyn. Uh, and then it started like during the Roy story. So he had to go. Goodbye, Roy. We love you, brother. We'll see you next week. Uh, tweaked. Hop in. The death mechanics, I agree with Arson. I don't think it's a big deal either way. When I first heard it, I did have the initial, like, how can they not be further along than this? This is like one of the fundamental things in an FPS or even a third-person shooter kind of game. Any any combat game. But then, like you, I thought about it, and I was like, yeah, they, they have ideas of what they want to do. They just want to know what we are going to accept and what we're going to think is better than the other options. So I think they're just going to... Throw some feelers out there with the with the alpha. I think for all of those people that are like, they don't even understand how we're going to die and respawn yet. What the fuck? I think, no, they do. They're just being so, again, overly PR conscious, careful. Ooh, don't say anything in case you upset anyone ever that they're just not saying it. I think it's, it's going to be not a big deal in the end. I think everybody needs to just relax on that point. There's other things that I'm seriously worried and concerned about, but that's not one of them. I think just everybody relax. Which moves us to discussion topic number two, which is how to handle the Elite Dangerous Horizons versus Elite Dangerous Odyssey instancing. I'll let Arson go first and then I'll chime in. Go ahead, Arson. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, like I said, I just it, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. I understand people are freaking out about it, but as long as Frontier does the right thing and puts out a free DLC with an updated rating, so you can't access that content without purchasing that content, because the real crux of that issue is children. And if the child can't purchase that uh, age-restricted content uh, because their parents set it up right, then it's fine. 100% agree. What I was going to say is, so this is a huge problem if they let it. So if what they do is say that it works the way it used to work, where people that have horizons are able to go to horizon planets and land, but you have to be logged into horizons from the very beginning. It's not a matter of you log into horizons when you land, you're in horizons the whole time. And people that are in base game are in base game the whole time. That wasn't a big deal in horizons in base game because there was no difference in the Peggy rating and those people were allowed to be instanced together. This is different. This is if you do it that people are in Odyssey or in Odyssey the whole time and people that are in base game are in base game the whole time and those two people are forced to be instanced separately the entire time. You just took a situation where already so many parts of open to me, I'm not going to comment for other people, but other than the CG system, so many times when I'm playing in open, it feels like a ghost town. I'm not seeing people because xbox are all on their own thing and playstation are all on their own thing and people in solo are all in their own thing and people in private groups are all in their own thing and i only ever see people that are both in pc and in open because that's where i'm at now if you cut that again in half and say i'm not going to see horizon players or base players because horizon is base now i'm only going to see odyssey players 
all that hurts my heart. And 100%, I think arson has the perfect, that's the exact same thing I put in the notes. That's the perfect way to handle it is put out a download content for PlayStation, Xbox, Odyssey, uh, or, or uh, sorry, Epic Game Store and uh, uh, Steam. Put out a free DLC <clears throat> that says this is Elite Dangerous Horizons Peggy 16, where it's like only people old enough can buy it. And you click and you buy that free whatever. And now you are allowed to instance in where even like, okay, I can drive my SRV. I can't get out and shoot people, but it's not like you have to throw me in a separate fucking closet. I can see the people being shot because I'm a cheapskate and I'm not buying the whatever, but I am also, I don't want to be instanced separately. That's the perfect, perfect answer. And it gets around the whole issue because that's not Frontier's fault. The fact that the European laws say that you can't have people shooting guns at things that look like people, even though you can shoot big ass fucking lasers at a, at a spaceship and explode it in space, you know, like that's, that's fair. That's a whatever, but this is a smart way that you could make everybody win tweaked yep i agree that that would be the probably the best way to go about doing it i would also argue that yeah the the base game is rated for seven and up how many seven-year-olds play that (laughs) exactly how many seven-year-olds are picking up elite dangerous and can figure out how to fly it figure out the inner workings of this game and would even stick with it now yes the first person shooter stuff will bring more of them in because if you if you download uh rainbow six siege or or fortnite or PUBG or any of those and go online, which they're all online, you hear a bunch of very young squeaky voices. Which is hilarious because the one thing that's going to bring in all of the all of the little fucking munchkins is the one thing that they're not allowed to access. That's kind of funny. So uh, let me let me go ahead and crack open another one to toast that brilliance. Um, it's just weird, man. That brings us to, does anybody have anything else on, on uh, the instancing or the death mechanics? Nope. I'm with you, though. The more people we can get opening, which will lead us to our topic we have soonish, probably, uh, the the better. The more, the better. Let's be honest. It's going to be less than 1% of the fucking crowd are Elite Dangerous Horizon players that are in these, what it was, 7 to 13 age range, like if it's 1% of the players, I'll be shocked. It's going to be less than 1% by a good deal. This is not an easy game for kids. So, yeah. Takes us to community question number three, the changing universe of Elite Dangerous Odyssey. So as Art said, he visited Pamesh, the ridges are different. That's what Kay said. The ridges are going to be different. The planet tech is going to change. We're going to lose the mapping of the, the existing planets that we have. So we're going to lose Mount Everest. We're going to lose the Pamesh ridges. Now, Art said, hey, man, I was there and the ridges are gone, but there are still some ridges. There are still some canyons and it looks beautiful. Okay, fine. But it, the ridges are gone. The old stuff that was, you know, the the buckyball race, the ridgeline, whatever, the big massive where it looked like, uh, I'm not going to tell you what it looked like, but there were, it it looked interesting with the canyons that went all around the planet. Those are gone. And there's going to be new cool mountains and new cool ridges and new stuff for us to find and map and do all that. And that's awesome. But we lost or are going to lose the old, weird, specific things and there will be all new shit to find. But in the terms of what we lost, in the terms of what is gone, here are some very serious questions that I haven't heard anyone ask, which are number one, in changing these planet 
surfaces. Is this planetary tech going to have to incorporate a reroll of the hotspots? Like the tritium is going to be in a different place, the low temperature diamonds, the this, the that, the other in different places? I would hope and assume not because we haven't been told of a difference of the mineral levels, but who knows if changing the planets is going to, by some necessity, incorporate a reroll of some of those hotspots. And while we're at it, will there be a reroll of the geological and biological sites? Which, you know, just to point out one thing in particular, the crystal forest, we all go to one spot. We all go to HIP 36601 and Outouts KTZ, whatever the fuck it is, to pick up our, you know, yttrium, antimony, ruthenium, everything but selenium. Are those going to be rerolled? Are those crystal forests still going to be there? What about points of interest? You've got Thargoids wreckage sites. You've got Guardian wreckage sites of, of multiple types. You've got the Guardian sites where like you can go and get the blueprints, but you also have the Guardian 10 billion year old villages or whatever that were ruins that, you know, all that's there is cool stuff to see and those uh, things to scan, those little square jobbies, the little fucking their version of the internet. Um, <clears throat> you've got human sites, you know, Dav's Hope. Is it going to be in the exact same spot? It, and if it is in the exact same spot, let's say it's in the exact same spot, but like the spot where it was, was flat or was hilly. And now it's the opposite. Like, remember how there was this, the couple of crash sites? There's the crash anaconda that everyone goes to. And then there's that other crash anaconda and nobody goes to that one because it's on a crazy steep hill. What if it flip-flops and now the other one is the good one to go to because it's more flat. And the one that we used to go to is now dog shit because it's on a weird crevice or valley or, or it's a steep plane or whatever. Like, you know, there's a very specific way that you approach Jameson's crash site. And there's a very specific place that all of us know that you park there because God forbid, every time I go there and I'm in solo or every once in a while, oh, I log out to go get lunch. I come back and there's fucking, I'm, I'm piled on top of three other SRVs and I'm like, okay guys, I'll go into solo mode just to stay out of your way because it's weird. Like we're all bugging each other. We're all on the way. Like there's, you park in one spot and you scan straight forward to the ship. Then you, twist to the left 15 degrees and you scan through the hill to get that one that's up on the hill then you twist around 40 degrees and you scan or 80 degrees and you scan to the one that's in the back and then you twist around and you scan to the last one and then you reset like it's gonna change the the, the outlay so why don't we start with Mattias? you you've been quiet on the discussion topics what do you think of all of this stuff like do you think it's gonna change and if so like to what extent like what does that mean for you well, we don't actually know what we're actually going to get with the uh, new update uh, with Odyssey, with the new new worlds, etc. So, in regards to the high metal content worlds that we can't already visit, um, we're going to get a whole set of new stuff there. But I think basically they're going to regenerate all the um, all the ground sites, um, but they're going to keep in mind, um, like for instance, the the Fargoid hive hive bases, whatever the fuck they are or the, the ground sites, the law missions, they're going to keep those sites because, as we know, certain um, certain parts of the galaxy are handcrafted, um, but everything else, um, like you're saying, with Pomesh that's been regenerated, um, I think we're going to get slight tweaking, but I, I hopefully we'll be all right with it. All right. Tweaked. Yeah, I was kind of going to say something similar to that, I believe. It's... Uh, again, inferring from some of their wording because they don't want to tell us anything outright. <laughs> uh, 
they did say, and I feel like it was somewhat recently, that we would be able to walk around the Guardian sites and Dav's Hope and places like that, which to me implies that they're probably going to be in the same spot that we've always known them to be. Uh, the terrain might be different, might get some different visuals around them, but all in all, they'll be in the same spot. As far as the crystal shards and all that kind of stuff, those did not move when they did the the the, the reset of all the hot spots and everything like that. So That's maybe true, that kind of stuff won't go either. That's true, but they didn't at that point change the planet tech, which they're doing now. So who knows? But if they do move it, my guess would be they're still going to be in the galaxy somewhere it'll just become a hunting game to find it Ooh, you're talking about you're talking about what 1800 or so light years out like that's gonna be a hell of a hunt i i think it'll i think it'll be in the same spot I, honestly i think they'll be in the same spots i think it'll just be i think that it will though be that like okay before you went to, uh, you know, Bio 4 because that was on the flattest place and that's not necessarily going to be the case anymore. Maybe, oh, for Antimony, you go to Bio 8 and for Yttrium, you go to Bio 6 and for Ru Ruthenium, you go to Bio 1. Like, it's going to, I think, I, I, and this is just a guess. I don't know. I think it's going to change, but I think it's it's still going to, it's going to be, it's going to change, but a little, not a lot. I think it'll be on the same planet, but it'll be a matter of finding them now. So, okay, that takes us to community question number four, cross-play. Look, No Man's Sky already has it. People on PlayStation and Xbox can play together. People on PlayStation and Xbox and PC can play together. Destiny 2 just announced that they're implementing it this year in the fall. Final Fantasy 14 has had it for a long ass while. In fact, in Final Fantasy 14, you can actually migrate back and forth. So I have Final Fantasy 14 on my PC and on my PlayStation. Now you have to buy it twice because you have to buy the PC version to run it on your PC and buy the PlayStation version to run it on your PlayStation. But I could literally right now, I'm at my desk in my office playing Final Fantasy 14, you know, on my computer. Eh, I, I'm, I'm whatever. I'm done with things. I don't want to be in comms. I want to chill out. I'm going to go downstairs to the couch, pop it on my PlayStation. Same account. It's not a different account. You could literally play the same character. How awesome would that be if Elite Dangerous were to take go above and beyond and say, not only <clears throat> are we going to give you the ability to have cross-play so that you can play with everyone else, because let me tell you something, if Final if, if Elite Dangerous does not include or incorporate cross-play at some point soon, they're gonna get left behind because the industry is going that way. So how awesome would it be if they were to go a step beyond and say, not only are we incorporating cross-play, but you can jump back and forth between your PlayStation and your computer and play on the same goddamn account. You just have to buy it twice. You have to buy it for the computer and buy it for the PlayStation. And that's fair. That's obvious, whatever. But like, that's a thing that Sony uh, or Square Enix is doing already right now with PlayStation, with uh, Final Fantasy XIV. So let's start with Marius, your thoughts. Uh, I think crossplay ain't coming until post Odyssey. So whatever we get after Odyssey, I think we'll get crossplay at that point. Tweaked. All right, crossplay. This is, I agree with you, it's desperately needed. And, and it's becoming more of the norm than it is the outlier in the video game industry. All the games you just mentioned, Dead by Daylight, PUBG, Fortnite, uh, Need for Speed, Heat, or one of those anyways, uh, a lot of games. A lot of games now are starting to go cross-play, and I agree, they'll get left behind if they don't. 
there's there's we said earlier how when you're flying around in open unless you're in the cg system or shinny or an engineer the chances of finding somebody are pretty slim not because there's nobody playing the game because but a combination space is big and everybody's playing on their own platform i'm on xbox you're on pc he's on playstation you're in solo i'm in open he's in private group and it splits us all apart mm-hmm. uh, with cross play i can all of a sudden then go help you or boss lady with some bgs you guys can come over help opix we can would, race together right we can race together we can fight wars together we can go on together tricks together <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah yeah we could do all kinds of things and and it just it would open up the galaxy it would open up the game for everybody i think that being said there are a few detractors okay there are a few negative sides to cross play from all right as a console player i feel like we are always on the backside, always at a disadvantage to you pc boys the master race so to speak mainly because you have the top of the line hotas available and we don't, obviously. Uh, ours is actually quite so- sorry as of right now. And maybe more importantly than the Hotas is the voice attack that you guys can have, which can give you advantages. And maybe even if you're talking combat, I, I tend to believe VR would be an advantage for combat. That being said, that's not enough of a detractor for me to not want it. I, I, I take my chances. So, yeah, I... I think it's it's one of those situations where there's so much possibility to it. And on the good side, on the on the reasons to do it, as far as, you know, having crossplay, it will make it feel like less of a ghost town. It will give more people things to do together. And let's keep in mind, they have already dipped their toes. They have dipped their toes in the waters of allowing for crossplay with fleet carriers. Fleet carriers are the first asset that they put into the game that allows for direct interaction because we already had persistence across platforms with the bgs but this allows and and in the bgs even though that's a thing that's always been cross-platform but with fleet carriers for the very first time i can sell something to you even though i'm on computer and you're on xbox you know you can get on my fleet carrier and i can give you a ride even though we're on two different platforms so that's a first and i i just think that it's number one, it's necessary so they don't get left behind. But number two, the the benefits of allowing for cross-platform play, yes, it's going to require some work, but all of these other games are doing it. So many more. I pulled up a list before the show and and it had a list of like a hundred games, and it's like these ones are available on this, this one's, and some of them are only PlayStation and computer or, or Xbox and PlayStation or Xbox and computer, but so many of them are allowed sort of on all. And like, there is so much upside, so much positivity that comes into the idea of crossplay. And, and some of the downsides that you mentioned, Tweaked, I don't think should even be downsides long-term. If you look at the, the platform's abilities of the Xbox, the new Xbox and the new PlayStation, they're full-on computers, man. There's no reason why those platforms should not allow for hooks for API, hooks for uh, 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 voice attack, hooks for you know, oh, you can use now this better Hotas or this better whatever. Like, there's that that should that should dissolve into one big group. Arson, arson. totally agree. And real quick, I, I I'd like to add one more thing to this real quick before 
I let Arson speak. If you go way back to when we first started talking about Odyssey and you interviewed, uh, uh, it wasn't on Elite Week, it was one of your side interviews. I can't remember his name. He was a writer or a programmer for Odyssey. It was quite a while ago. But one of the things he stressed in that interview and one of the things that FDev themselves were stressing for a long time was players playing with players. Odyssey was about bringing players together, players with players they kept stressing. And there's no better way to do that than crossplay. Absolutely. Arson. I just want to mirror that. The players with players thing is huge, huge to me. And I, I'm totally for crossplay. I want it more than anything. Um, like, I would dare I say, I almost want crossplay more than I want the legs. Um, oh, for sure. Now, this is anecdotal at best, but way back around launch, I seem to remember seeing that a reason for only having two firing triggers was provided, and that was for competitiveness across controller types because gamepads have limited amounts of buttons. So, you know, the reason we can't have F1 through F12 for various different missile tubes and things like that, that's... That's the kind of balance reason why. So I think that they definitely want to go the crossplay route, and I hope they do. Um, yeah. And the modes specifically, because you know, there's the imbalance of the controllers, like uh, Tweaked was bringing up. But we have ways around that. If you don't want to fight in that, but you still want to play with some PC users, you could totally go in a private group with them. The options are there. Imagine trigger one fires lasers, trigger two fires uh, auto cannon, trigger three fires um, uh, rail guns, trigger four fires your discovery scanner, trigger five uh, fires your the honk. No, 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 the data link scanner because the discovery scanner is the honk. And then trigger six fires your um, what is that one? The composition scanner, like all of that without having to swap around. But just like, hey, man, I got more buttons. I can do it. Let's do it. Mattias. Does the Xbox One S have current capabilities to use mouse at all? No, not to my knowledge. No, it has keyboard. Uh, the one, uh, the Xbox One could use keyboard, but I wasn't sure about uh, the mouse because the whole thing with the controller is um, if you have mouse and keyboard compat compatibility for at least the Xbox, then you eradicate the um, the control. Uh, the control advantage that PC players have, and in terms of like networking issues and stuff, Jesus, those the Xbox One S is ridiculously powerful in comparison to my computer. So, so for the record, I just Googled it, and Xbox One official keyboard and mouse. There's like multiple different setups. So yes, you can do it. Well, maybe maybe with the Series X, maybe if you can play with the keyboard and mouse now. But I think on the Xbox One, it was simply for like typing in the system chats and stuff like that. I don't think you could actually play through it. But if it could yeah, recognize I, the keyboard, then perhaps it could recognize the import of, of being a keyboard. And, and like Kai was saying, I mean, the Series X now is basically a, a, a computer. It's it's a, above and beyond what the Xbox One X or any of those the last gen was. And there's no reason that they can't have that. That being said, I wouldn't go to keyboard and mouse. But also on this topic real quick of the disadvantages, I mentioned how right now we only have op an option for one HOTAS and it's the T-Flight HOTAS. They usually break within six months. 
there, there there's a like a four foot cord so you gotta be tethered to your tv screen pretty close um but i have seen a story where somewhere down the line there's they're developing a new one for xbox that actually has it, it looks like a much higher quality and it actually comes with the foot pedals too so that i think is going by the wayside here in the near future Let's uh, bring Arson in to close out the subject, and then we're going to go to Skate of the Game, because we're late. Yeah, I, I feel it's really important to get this out, because I am one of those players who comes from PC and has tried to treat consoles as a computer with gaming. And I have done it with Elite, because I'm PC first and PlayStation 4 second for my alt account. The, the onus for keyboard and mouse support for both consoles is on the game developer to provide it. I can tell you firsthand from trying, Elite does not support it. On PlayStation 4 particularly, though, uh, there is a fault on PlayStation's end because like 90% of modern keyboards aren't supported that are wireless because they will not support encrypted keyboards. That said, uh, Frontier, this is a call to action to y'all at Frontier, y'all need to build keyboard and mouse support on the console versions. It is so easy. The bindings interface is the same on consoles. Like the fact that it's not there is a no brainer. You need to put it in. All right. Yeah. They need to get her done. So that takes us to the uh, closing, uh, which is state of the game. Uh, as I said already, I'm modified my whole previous several weeks uh, stance. So yeah, I uh, uh, am now going to, we, we called it out up front that we need still direct answers and whatever, but what is my actual state of the game? My state of the game is that this is an amazing game. There are so many awesome things that you can do in it. Uh, we're having great fun with the storyline and the CGs. The, the, this is, again, new CG, new storyline, new everything that's happening with all this summit stuff and I'm fucking loving it. So I'm going to go ahead and, and say, fix your fucking forums, get your shit together on the story that you want to put out with your community management team. But like for sure, put some fucking effort into doing a better job with all that, your forums and your community management and your PR and all that shit is at around a two. Your game is at a nine plus you guys are killing it on that. Keep doing that keep having ballsy choices and new fun stuff to do because i love that uh arson state of the game i uh, i've been too inactive to really judge much uh, i have to agree with your two on the uh social aspect there for the forums especially uh i will say the fact that i can sit and have almost no time because i'm an employed father um thankfully uh, <clears throat> excuse me i'm so sorry that i can look at the game passively with almost no time and see a lively story and backdrop that's like it's still there that is pumping i'm so glad that's back right on maddie state of the game um yeah it's pretty good at the moment i mean at least they're driving the community goals um that at least something's happening within the game honestly i can't wait for odyssey i can't wait for first person i can't think i can't wait for everything that that's going to come with that i also can't wait as well for the the driving and the storyline past that so i want to see some progression on Roxla. i want to uh, Roxla. i want to see some progression on the dark wheel um some major storylines i want to see some balls from uh elite dangerous 
That yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, just it, it reminded me that when Arson was talking earlier, he was like, "I kind of actually would rather uh, even uh, um, crossplay than you know FPS on foot." And I gotta just say, for me, I would say, "What do I want?" If it's like okay, by far the first thing that I want is to continue the spectrum of atmospheric landings. That is the biggest thing for me. I want water worlds. I want gas giants. I want earth-like worlds. I want colonized worlds. The second most important, just barely behind that for me is crossplay. Tied with that is keep up the story and the activity and all that stuff going. That's fucking amazing and far 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 distant behind that is fps i don't give a fuck about fps the things that i like about fps gameplay are the ideas of exobiology or the ideas of scavenging or the ideas of hacking or the ideas of all of the things that don't involve shooting somebody in the face um because yeah all of your old forum dads the vast majority of us don't really give a fuck about Pew pews. We care about the story and we care about stuff we can do with our hotess. And oh, by the way, when you ask me for $40 for a new spaceship game, uh, a new expansion on my spaceship flying game, how about you give me some new fucking spaceships and some SRVs? Because that's what I really want. Uh, Tweaked, you're up. State of the game. Off from that, I'm going to say I'm one of those old forum dads, although I stay out of the forum. But uh, I want the first person stuff. I want to be a gunslinger. I want to walk around the stations. I need to stretch my legs and get out of the ship. So uh, that's what I want most right now. Behind that would be cross-play and atmospheric landings tied to uh, a second place. Uh, state of the game, I'm gonna split mine in two right now. If I'm talking what's to come and how things are going for Odyssey and down the road, I'm s <coughs> still scared. That would be a two. I'm petrified. I don't like the answers I'm getting. I don't like the information that's not coming to us. Uh, but the state of the game as it stands tonight, I'd give it an 8. I have had no connection issues. The game is absolutely freaking gorgeous on, on the Series X. Uh, having fun with the squadron, mining, you know, CZs, elections, just you name it, whatever you're doing in this game. Uh, the all the different rewards that we're getting for the CGs, the story that's going on, and and the 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 avenues, the direction that the story could go in, the the current state of the game. I don't know that it's ever been better. Yeah, let's all take a toast and drink to the fucking amazing game that we have right now. The stuff that's coming in the future is scary. Maybe it'll be awesome. They just haven't told us enough yet to let us know that. But what we have now is fucking amazing. Let's toast that. Mattias, you had another point before we get to, I'm going to ask Sword his state. Uh, sorry, uh, just really quickly. Um, I'd, I'd like to go over the point that like first person elements don't only add, uh, add combat uh, opportunities, they also add exploration opportunities. So mm -hmm. exploring something hypothetically like Rock's Law would be yes. completely different on foot rather than in, uh, in orbit, just seeing a planet mm -hmm. and just going, oh, look, this is Rock's Law. All right. Everybody at the same time, just to be different, say goodnight to the beautiful people. Good night. Good night, everybody. Have Good fun, night. stay safe, fly dangerous, as Roy would say, since he's not here to say it. And be excellent to each other. Sword, play us out.
I've got bottles and bottles stacked to the ceiling. I get stoned for survival. It helps with the healing. And when it all goes to hell, the only thing I believe in is we whiskey and really. You can see the rain. Take all in my name. You can have my heart. It's broken anyway. You can take my reputation and drag it through the mud. Go on and abuse it. Don't take my smoke, my jug of brown liquor, or my country music. I've got bottles and vinyl stacked to the ceiling. I get stone for survival. It helps with the healing, and when it all goes to hell, the only thing I Whiskey and Willie. 